The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Yeah, you know what it is, baby. It's What the Fuck Happened Wednesday. It's Chris Sims, Paul Burmeister. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Always appreciate their sponsorship. What's up, big guy? It's just two guys in a hoodie here hanging out. It is hoodie day. Hoodie day. (laughs) I walked in. I'm like, oh, man. Chris is wearing the hoodie. I once again failed to watch you and Mike this morning. Don't. To kind of direct my walk into the closet. Don't you dare. You be Polly Burmeister. I appreciate it. And we'll see. If we're twinsies, we're twinsies. (laughs) That's the way it goes. It's it's been two weeks, man. I know. Yeah. You're right. Been okay. You're good. The withdrawal, because we were heavy there for a while. I know. We were probably a little tired of me. The post-game show. That's right. Right? So we were like, you know. Oh, two best turkey. friends that anybody could have, and yeah. then it was just withdrawal, I know. The uh, week is a lot different when I'm not here. Yeah. The whole thing, like the, the way I dive in, I get the assignment for what games we're right. on. Yeah, I kind of miss that. Yeah, you know, okay, really good. Really knowing four or five teams well that week, so. Good, I'm glad it, you miss it. It's nice to be back. You're the only one that's missing me out there. I wish my <laughs> wife felt the same way. <laughs> we could all say the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely can. Definitely, no doubt about it. All right, we got a good one today. I know. Good one. A lot of good stuff happening. A lot, a lot of stuff to hit on. We're going to hit on Dolphins, Carolina, the Dolphins defense, yeah. Patriots defense versus the Tennessee Titans, a few things that jump out to me. We got the 49ers offense and Shanahan's genius, what he's got going on right now. Rams, Packers, a little bit of both sides there, things I'd want to point out. Uh, And then, you know, it's been a long time, but the big fucker's back. Speaking of missing somebody. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. Is it me? Is it me? No, he's big-timed us. I'm no joke, four weeks in a row, he's been like, you know, I'll come on the podcast this week. But what? And then Wednesday I text him at, you know, 9.30 in the morning. He has a lot of appointments. And he's always, oh, gosh, I got to do this. Oh, I got a Zoom call. I got a Zoom. That's his new thing. If he needs to get out of something, (laughs) the Zoom call. You can't question that. So he's got a Zoom call. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Zoom. I got a Zoom. I got a Zoom. It's like, uh, it's funny hearing the old man talk about zoom right uh but yes uh he'll be back and he's got some things that he wants to talk about i know there's three quarterbacks that he really wants to hit on here have no idea where he wants to go with it yeah but i know he wants to hit on baker mayfield stafford Mm. and daniel jones 
Wow. So we'll see what he has to say. And anytime Dad talks about a Giants quarterback, I kind of yeah. perk up a little bit. I don't know if there'll be much positive there, those three guys. No, maybe not. You're right. You're right. We'll see. It's definitely not the three hottest guys in football no. right now. No. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. And Daniel Jones, you know, of course, his availability for this week against yeah. Miami, who we're going to break down here in a second, uh, is, is, is in question. He's got a neck strain. I, he is practicing today. It's yep. a we're, it's a Wednesday right now as we're doing this, but they did sign a Jake Fromm from Saw Buffalo that. off the yeah. practice squad. Uh, I would think I'm going to bet on Daniel Jones playing. playing. Yeah. I am. I just think he's that kind of guy. Yeah. I think he's the kind of guy that's like, all right, I'm walking. My blood's flowing. The heart's beating. I can throw. Fuck it. Let's play. And I just shit think really matters now, not only for them win-loss. I mean, they're, they're struggling, yeah. to say the least. Right. But, I mean, for him individually, I mm-hmm. mean, it's December He's kind of in between young kid and the veterans, yes, not next that guy, far away. Exactly I mean, right. This is a really important month for him. Big month for him. Big month for the Giants in general. And, yes, you know, again, I think this will go a long way. And I, I think where Dad's going to want to go with this is a little bit the fifth-year option conversation. Yeah. Because in April, they have it's to make coming. a decision on that. So uh, we'll dive into that. So, uh, we'll get all right, here we go. Giddy up. As for the other team, the yeah. Dolphins, mm. we have spent some time. It's been a couple months, but right away in the season, I think we were – we were expecting Miami to be, to be pretty good yep. because of their defense. Right. And the defense just wasn't at all what we thought it was going to be. No. Now, now they've won four games in a row. I know the competition hasn't been really good. Right. But the defense has been excellent. It was once again 33-10 win over Carolina. Uh, so let's start there. And before yeah. you start in, there okay. we go. Take a peek at this. First eight games when they were 1-7. and seven. This is such a shock. They gave up almost 30 points a game. I know. This is a defense that was so good last year. Yep. A lot of guys back. Last four games, a little over 11 points per game. So, for some reason, they are back. Yeah, and we're going to get into some of those reasons. First off, it's those two guys right there on that graphic, all right, just so everybody knows. And those knows. two were? But, uh, uh, um, Xavier and Howard there we and go. Byron Jones. Yeah. I mean, they're studs. They're, they're definitely top ten corners in football. And that's what allowed – and Byron Jones, who I don't think was 100% healthy early in the year, I think Xavier Howard even had a few moments of being in and out where he wasn't 100%. You know, the, it, the defenses we're going to show here, you can't play them unless you've got two elite corners. they got elite corners. And then I think the next thing that's a key to them, you know, Raquan Davis, big overpowering Alabama defensive tackle who they stole in the second round yeah. two years ago in the draft. He got hurt the first week of the year. He's back. So him with Christian Wilkins in the middle – is like, okay, we got our two D tackles. They can push the pocket, and you're not going to move them. And then guys like Jalen Phillips, their first-rounder from this past year, coming off the edge is phenomenal. Their second-round pick from this year, who we're going to break down here to Javon uh, uh, Holland. Uh, wait, the Holland? Uh, the Holland uh, Javon Holland, yeah, yes. Right. I don't know yeah. why it didn't sound right. right coming out of my mouth. Um, from Oregon is amazing football player. So uh, I think health and maybe – the breakdowns probably because this is a New England defensive staff having the accumulation of how people are attacking them and kind of getting their shit straight has led to them, you know, dominating some offenses here lately. All right, Chris, table is set for you to step up there. Why not start with the first play from scrimmage? We get an idea here how Miami kind of used disguise the whole game against Cam Newton. This is what they've been doing to everybody, and this is where it all starts is these little formations we see right here. You know, and of course, yeah, you do it the first play of the game. They want to see what your plan of attack is, what you're going to really have in store for them. Can they continue to dial it up? You know, because we saw like the Baltimore Ravens three weeks ago, you know, they dialed this up constantly because they were just like, they got no answer. Let's just keep doing it. There's nothing they can do. Now, if they see you have a few answers, they don't do it as much. Mm. And we'll get to that here in a few moments because, yeah, there's a point in this game where they get burned. 
and they get away from it for a little bit, and then they come back to it and try to frustrate you again. But again, look at this look. I mean, it's one, two, three, four across the board, all right? So what allows them to do that, like I was just talking about, is Byron Jones, top 10 corner, Xavier Howard, top 10 corner. You got Javon Holland, who I think is already is one of the better safeties in all of football as a true rookie. They got Eric Rowe over here playing safety, who really started his career off as a corner, so has ability to cover, right? But the, the magic of what they do is all these guys at the line of scrimmage, you just have no idea – Who's coming? Who's going? What's a, what, what do we do? How that's do we where, block all this? Yeah, that, that's where my eyes went wide, right away. Exactly like, right. What is that? Yeah, what is that? And this is what they do. So you're, they basically make it to where you're not going to be right. They're going to get somebody free more times than not just because even if guys don't blitz and they drop out like you're going to see here, you don't know that. They take a step up. And you got to worry about still committing to block them, even though they drop back, and then that can leave you vulnerable off the edge. But what you're going to see here is you got the four matchups one on one, and then one of these two linebackers at the end of the line of scrimmage, all right, has McCaffrey in case he free releases. So you got man, and then you got man to man, and then as he gets here to the slot, man to man, and man to man, right? So there it is. And then whoever this is is going to have McCaffrey. So you got the five one on ones. Now, the issue is, like Carolina, of course, all right, they don't know who's coming. They, 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 what we would call slide the protection. Everybody go this way, right? Now, that's great. That's, you know, it's a common answer. Now, as you're going to see, though, here, and I'm going to play it in slow motion, there's going to be two guys in the inside that drop out. You know, there you go. I think it's Agba, and I think that's Raekwon Davis. Just in case you threw a real quick slant or something like that, they're going to get their hands up and not get abused by that playing this formation all the time and, and make things tough that way. But as you can see, ultimately, they only bring one, two, three, four. And then five and six take a step and then come back out, right? So it's four man. It's four man. It's man to man. But they have this aggressive gate back here, and they're banking on you're not going to pick the right four to, to pick right. up. So they get the guy free. You could see here Baker released because there's McCaffrey. They're not going to let that. So there's the one-on-one there with the running back. And, you know, again, this is not a bad answer or bad anything by Carolina to start the game. But it's just like, hey, this is what you're going to see today. And as you can see as we play this, too, look, I mean, they're aware to get the hands up. They miss it. All right. And the other thing that adds to it when you have talented corners like Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, I mean, you could see how quickly he's driving on the ball. He's also banking on it's going to be a quick throw. Right. There's no way he can hold it all day long with this look. Right. So he's ready to break on the ball, and as soon as you catch it, boom, 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 and will you catch it? Will you fumble it? Or, you know, will it fall out of your hands? And what you're going to see on this play is, boom, he gets hit right as he, right as he catches it. Eric Rowe gets over there, gets a lick on him, and it becomes an incompletion. It was a borderline almost fumble. I mean, it was, it was pretty close, actually, because he had two feet control of the ball. Um, but that's the pressure they're putting on you right now. Now, it's not the only thing they do because, you know, again, if you continue to do that all game long, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to at some point the offensive coordinator and everybody's going to dial it up and gash you. Uh, so we're going to sh- start showing some curveballs here that they bring too. I feel like one of the things that we're seeing with, with these yeah. – uh, all the confusion at the line of scrimmage, whether they're bringing six or seven or maybe four like this, defensive linemen this year are rushing for a full second or maybe a half second. No doubt. Before they drop. No doubt. This is a it is In a the thing. past, it was more they would line up in the line of scrimmage. And then just get out. And they get out. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, because they, they, teams got good at it. Yeah. Just like everything in football. 
They got good at, oh, wait, they just got out of there right away. They were offensive lines were making calls yeah. as the snap was going right. to get like, hey, bump out the other way. These guys didn't come. Like they're, they're, so it got used to it. Really, to me, the team that started this was New England. And, of course, this is a New England staff where yeah. they've started to go, no, 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 we're going to take a step or two. You're not going to be able to just reorganize the, the pass protection on the fly. Yeah. You're going to have to stay here for a second. Right. And that, of course, is what stresses the offensive it line out. messes with no the offensive line. No doubt about it. And you're right. There's a lot Horrible. of teams doing Man. this right now, a lot. All right, two plays later, yeah. uh, another incompletion. Cam had a lot of those. Yeah. This time it's third down and six. Well, two plays later and, like, you could see that, like, again. Again, line they, of scrimmage, what? Well, right. Well, two plays later, and, like, they probably were like, well, that, we're not scared of that slant answer they just had right there. <laughs> yeah. So let's try it out again here. Now, what's great about them and, and the Dolphins, of course, is it's a different coverage here. I mean, as you see, all these people at the line of scrimmage, but as you just mentioned, two guys out. This time, since it's third, third down, it's backers that get out. They're a little more athletic in space. And ultimately, it's a four-man rush. But this is what I want to show here. Like, it's hard to tell why does this look any different than the play we just saw. But it is. It's a different coverage. And that's what you got to be aware of a little bit with this. All right? Now, what's, what's hard here is there's a safety right there. And you can see his helmet, right? It's hard to see him there. I hope you can see him. I hope everybody on, on, on uh, watching on YouTube uh, can see that. But, you know, th- this is where the quarterback has to really be keyed in on just the little nuances of the looks to go, wait, that didn't look exactly like the one we saw right. last time. Remember last time we just had a four across straight look, right? This one has a little bit of a different look to where as a quarterback in Cam Newton, you should be going, mm, I don't think this is going to be the all out, even though it still looks like it could be maybe one on one. And this guy, because the safety's here, you could think, OK, well, let me get on there. Maybe he's got that guy and that releases him. Right. And then you see one on one there. But my other thing I would say to you, too, is all out blitz. With bump and run, I don't know. That's even if you got great corners, is right. very dicey. And where's the corner looking down here? Exactly right. He's he's looking in here, yeah. right? He's no doubt at the about quarterback it. Quarterback looking inside. There's there's different things to look at here to where this look look looks different. And yeah, you got to be able to recognize that. Now, you know, as you see, they do like a pretty good job of picking it all up. Pretty good job, and they really drop into a, a zone coverage here. Where you see, I mean, it's really almost like cover three. He's got anything breaking in. They got another guy here. They're almost playing like cover two here with this guy. He's a half field safety. Here's like a linebacker who's just looking for anything coming into his lane. And he's going to protect like the deep middle in case this guy goes down the middle, right? So they're playing a different way. Again, a similar look. Stresses your protection, makes the quarterback feel frenzied, and I don't know what I'm getting. Am I protected? Let me look downfield. What the hell is the coverage? Those, to me, are little things that go a long way to flustering a quarterback and an offense in general. Mm. And again, you know, they, they seem to be very good as, no, as far as knowing what to expect. And the, the beauty of it is, you know, once you show what they did that first play, now, every time they call a play, they're calling a play to worry about, man, it's going to be that all-out blitz. Mm-hmm. So we got to have something ready for that. And really, he's running a route to pick him so it can be like this if it's an all-out blitz. But it's not an all-out blitz. And there's people sitting here ready for it this time. So he throws it in there. 
And, of course, he gets alligator arms because he's like, whoa, yeah. that, that guy's big and he's flying at me. Yeah. And he's going to take my head off if I catch this football right here. And, of course, this is another aspect that I got to give Miami credit for. Duke Riley, Van Ginkel, Baker, you know, they're very good in space. They're very athletic. So that allows them to blitz, be good at dropping out, coverage, react, make a hit like that. But there we go. There's two plays, look very similar, complicated on a quarterback, and you don't know what you're going to get right. at the line of scrimmage or in coverage. And that's why, you know, to the graphic we showed, they're just they're killing it on defense right now. So that, that's, uh, it's working well. You yep. can see why Cam, as you said, felt frenzied. Wasn't effective at all. Yeah. Those are high-risk kind of coverages. If, if they go back to the sideline, have conversations, you're like, okay, here's what they're doing, and here's where we can get right. them. So that there's a third and six later in the first quarter. I know they get burned. I don't know exactly how they get burned. Yeah. But after watching those couple of plays, I'm like, okay, it yeah. worked for the defense that time. Right. But when you line up that many guys in the line of scrimmage and expect three or four to sprint back and have responsibilities, at some point, at some point, you're somebody vulnerable. should get you, right? no doubt. And I mean, to the point that you made, they haven't had to play a high octane, awesome pass offense yet here, right? You know, to, that's going to have maybe some more answers and a quarterback that's really going to be able to dice you up. Texans, Jets, Panthers, exactly. I mean, good. You know, again, Lamar's awesome. We know that, right. but I'm not going to sit here and call that a high octane pass offense yeah. either, quite yet. He's a high octane player. I don't know if I'm going to call that offense that. Yeah. So your point is very real. So that's why, hey, they're good at here it is, mm -hmm. and then here's some, oh, wait, we're not totally all out. We're going to back out here. And yeah. I think, too, again, they have a good feel for awake. Oh, wait, they have a good plan. Let's back off this for a little while. We'll dial it up a little later down the road again, yeah. see if we can mess with them then. But this is, to your point, going to be one of those plays right here. So here's what we have. It's uh, middle first quarter, again, a third and six, and this is the play. Not a lot of success for the Panthers in the past game, but this play certainly went their way. This way certainly goes their way. And, again, I, I think this is one of the keys, like, for a quarterback. you got to look at that right there. That's like, you know, when you start to see that across look. You know that, that's man. That's, to me, it's man, and it's probably all out. And I, I, I'm glad you pointed out yeah. in the last play where the corner, it, it looked like man a lot of places, but the corner was half a yard off the receiver. Half, yes, right. They don't usually want to do that. They don't do that's that. That's more of a giveaway of man. Right, because, again, it's all out, right? If it, and you were bump and run. You know, again, you're just like, you're going to let Cam Newton, what, just catch the ball? And if DJ Moore gets a good release off and the line gone. of scrimmage, you just throw yeah. it up. And now it's like, well, damn, there's no point in all out blitzing if you're just going to let him do that, right? So, hey, here we go again. And they're going to dial it up the right way here, all right? I mean, they, they, they got it this time. Slide the protection this way. They got a blocker here in the tight end. Both backs are looking for work to the strong side of this or to the tight end side of this formation, all right? And so now you got an eight-man protection. They got an eight-man protection. So, you know, they're not going to get there this time. And as you can see, they're dropping people out again just for anything quick like that to where, you know, they can, they can defend it. But ultimately what they're going to do here is Robbie Moore is going to run a little uh, – Robbie Anderson, not Robbie Moore – is going to run a little out route and – DJ Moore is going to kind of bend it out and run to the post. And it looks like Miami is trying to switch this off a little bit. Like, okay, you go out, you know, as you see here, you go out, now you take him, and he's going to come in, and you got to take him. Very hard to do, but they're also not really expecting to have to do it because they're thinking, again, we're sending all these people. We're going to get somebody there. Right. They're not going to be able to throw a 60-yard bomb down the field. And here they go. 
they dial it up perfectly, and you could see yep. that Byron Jones is a little too late to react. I don't know if they're supposed to do that or not. It, to me, on film, it looked like they were supposed to switch it off. And Byron Jones doesn't get mad at Xavier Howard after the play for, like, not staying with him. So I think this is what they are coached to do here to switch that off. And, again, Cam makes a great throw. But what I want to say, too, is this is literally the last good play for the Carolina Panthers offense the rest of the game. This is it. That's it. Now, they get out of this defense for a little while. They don't play it for a little while. They get back into mans and cover threes and disguising. And they do do all the base defense is really good as well. You know, it's not just this stuff. But it starts with this stuff, and it's this stuff that dictates a lot of the game, and it dictates what the quarterback and offensive coordinator do because they can never call a play not thinking, is this going to come? So you're always like, okay, it's third and four. I want to call this play. I like it, but I got to be ready for the all-out blitz look. Yeah. And so they're playing off that a lot, and this is the only time in this game they get burned by it. I see that play there, yeah. and they block it up so well. They leave so many in. Right. They gave Cam a chance. It's like, You want to go, why don't you do it all the time? I'm going to say in the defense, they could have prevented that if they leave a free safety in the middle of the field. Yeah, sure. Because if you don't get sure. home with those aggressive blitzes, right. and the offense says, okay, you're doing that, we're going to leave an extra couple guys uh, in uh-huh. just in case our offensive line screws it up. Right. And it could be the best corner in the world. Most of the time, a post over the top, quarterback with time, no free safety in the middle of the field. Yeah, just throw it up there. Put it in the right? general area. Right. You exactly. can keep playing that defense if you had a free safety in the middle of the field. Yeah, you could. And they, they will do that every now and then where they blitz. But like right here, they're more interested in we want to outnumber how many blockers you have. That's really what they're. So they had to try. They got two guys covering and nine guys at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. We said there's eight blockers. They got one more. They're, that's all they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, so yes, they're taking risk with that, certainly. Big time. But again, it goes back to what we started off with. When you have two of these guys that are special like this, yeah. they're willing to roll the dice and put a little pressure on their $15 million right. a year corners. I question that one play. However, you, you look at the entire game and their pass defense and their plan dominated. Yes. Carolina wasn't right. even close. Right. So. Well, they and, do have it figured out and, pretty well. Well, they do have it figured out pretty well. Exactly right. Yeah, we can't <laughs> we can't argue with the results right. too much. And I right. think the other thing too is because like I had I had um, somebody said something to me on Sunday when we were watching the game. They go, "Well, why don't teams just do that all the time?" Because I go, "They do enough of the dropping out, and now it's coverage to what? Oh, now they rush three, and there's eight guys in coverage in that all-out blitz look, and you got two guys out in a route. Right? You're fucked as a quarterback." So that's where they keep you off balance, too, sometimes yeah. to not know, like, I can't always do max protect. And, and, then, and that's, again, where I want to see this go against a, a Josh Allen again or some other offense. You know, they get another crack at New England. They're going to have some answers or some interesting things, and I'm going to give you some answers here in a minute right. with one of these looks. Our focus so far has been on the passing game yeah. and how it's affected Cam right. and worked for the most part almost the entire game. Right. Also, when you show all-out blitz, it also can really affect the run game as no well doubt. when they want to go that way. So this is second quarter, 14-7 Miami up, second down and nine, and Carolina's looking to run. Eight guys on the line of scrimmage. But again, what's Nobody what's in our the look? Of the field, right? There we go. Nobody in the middle of the field. It's all eight. Yeah. And here's our look again. So my money would be it's an all-out blitz. Looks like it's me. Right. It's yeah. all out. It's got a different look than you know the corner down here and the corner down here and you know another guy kind of hovering. It's not the same look. They're all three looking at the quarterback. Exactly. The guys are over though. Exactly. Well, what's that? They're all three. All all three of those DBs are looking at the quarterback yes. instead of. 
looking straight no, on the guy no that doubt. they would be man up Yeah, on. because they're not that worried. They want to be able to kind of – like they're, they're, they're betting on the ball's going to get out quick. Mm-hmm. I want to read the quarterback's eyes right away. We're expecting a little bit of they're going to kind of look and try to see this because they're thinking it's going to be a slant, a quick out. They want to read the drop a little bit so they can just break on it. And at the very worst, okay, you get the catch, but we tackle you or hit you right away. So, yeah, they're going to play it that way because, yeah, I don't know, they don't necessarily want to be all eyes on here uh, all the way. And then, you know, they run a little double move or something to where they don't see the quarterback at all or if he's going to get it out. So they're trying to see the whole picture to a degree, all right? But this play, they're going to run the ball. Like, they're going to run the ball. And what I want to say is just like, what a waste of a play. It's second and nine, and watch what happens. I mean, first off, it just, I mean, it has no chance. You know, this is, not, this is not good offensive football. And I don't know if this is on Cam or Joe Brady or what, um, but this is just not going to get it done, right? And to me, that's your, oh, right, second and nine. Oh, great. Now we're in third and 11, third and 12. No chance there. Now, this is where, like, you got to have checks at the line of scrimmage. You got to have, you know, some signals to the receivers to do certain things. And to me, what it really comes down to in these type of things, where I think you would see, um, other high octane offenses, the thing that's going to scare them more than anything to get out of these type of looks is to get a guy like him with the ball, DJ Moore, one on one, right here, right now, and then just make it about is your guy going to tackle our freak receiver? Right. To me, that's how you beat it. So, hey, you could do a lot of different things. You could just, hey, hey, turn around, catch it. It's Robbie Anderson one on one with Byron Jones. Let's see how you go there. You could do the old bubble screen, right? Now, I, you know, you, you'd want that to be DJ Moore or somebody like that. The old bubble, and then he comes down and blocks one of the guys, and it becomes one-on-one, right? You could do that. You could check to, hey, let's get a six-man protection, a seven-man protection, and, you know, I know they still got us outnumbered to a degree, but I might have a chance here to hold on something a little bit to where you send this guy right at him, and then you bring him underneath for a slant route, and now it's, uh-oh, it's one-on-one on DJ Moore. You want to keep playing this game? You know, there's that aspect. Um, so there's, a, there's some different answers that you can give here that can be, you know, an issue. Hey, Derek Carr and John Gruden, they got this look a lot from the Ravens early in the year, and there's other games. And, of course, John Gruden taught me a lot of this stuff. If he would have been max protected, fade back a little bit. Let me just show me on this camera, Pete, a little bit. Like, no one guy's going to get free, but we're going to let maybe the farthest guy from you get free. Fade away a little bit as the pressure's coming just to buy yourself a hair of time. Send him on a go, okay? Send him on a go, and you kind of just have this guy who attacks the inside leverage and just goes right there, you know? So you don't even have to send this guy on a go. Maybe you send him on just a little out route, right? So now he breaks, and now you fade away, and you're fading away from pressure, and you throw a ball down here just in the general vicinity, a little bit like we saw, mm-hmm. and that'll get defenses out of this. There's no doubt. Or or some sort of jail break. Hey, you get this. Here comes this guy, this guy. They're all going to come out here for a screen, and boom, all of a sudden it's that. To me, those are the type of answers you have to have here. But what I do know is you have no fucking chance none, of getting any yards none. running the ball against that look. Right? None. So it's 14-7, and now you put yourself in a position to where you're going to be punting after this down. 
uh, because you're in third and 12. One of the ways a defense will come out of these really aggressive looks, if they feel threatened by the game plan, if they feel threatened by a super talented quarterback. That's, yeah, that's and right. That's what I was trying to say there. Yeah, and they didn't have that. Exactly. No. wasn't happy. So they were just more and more encouraged to they do these kind of the things. they got to get the ball to DJ Moore here. Right. He's the guy that's going to scare Brian Flores That's where that and college Boyer. offense, shotgun, just give it to him. Just give it to him. Just like your, your shortstop throwing a guy out. Show. No let doubt. Him have it exactly see what right. he can do. Let that slot receiver, like we were just talking about there, yeah. let him go up and block one of the two guys at the top of the screen. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Give him the ball right here. Right. Now this guy blocks one of the two, whoever comes first. And now it's one-on-one football. But agreed. That's what you're going to have to do. And, damn, there was a game I watched on film here. Oh, it was the Steelers – with Jamar Chase. Okay. They had a similar look just yeah. like this. They threw it out there to Jamar Chase. He was a shoelace from going from it, 60 yeah. yards. Because they then, never did it again. Right. With, with that play call, you remove the best part of the defense there. The best part of the defense is you walk up the line of scrimmage. You're like, I don't know if they're bringing seven or two guys here. You can tie yourself up in knots mentally. None of that matters right. if you say, hey, soft corner. Middle of the field open. I'm right. just going to throw it out there in a millisecond, and I don't give a shit what they're doing up here with these eight guys. No doubt. Here, and you want to know a run game option just so I do it? If I was sitting here doing this too, I'd go, hey, 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 receivers, 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 you know, cut it down here. Come here. All right, let's put you here. Let's put you here. Hey, McCaffrey, get on this side of me, right? Okay? And then I do this. Block down, crack them. Block down, crack them. So they set a wall there. Pull the guard around, toss it to McCaffrey. Uh, who's going to get them? They're all stuck in there. You just smash them in there. Yeah. That's what that's what New England would do. That's what Shanahan would do. So you got to have like four or five plays that you teach your quarterback during the week to go. They're going to bring this up. When you get that a straight across look, it's probably going to be all out. Right. Here's your answers, and let's and we're going to make sure we're going to have our best players. To your point in a spot where they get the ball, yeah. and now it's one-on-one. And do you right. want to keep playing that way, Miami? And that's what they're going to have to do. And I would imagine that they're going to play a lot more of this because they probably won't feel that threatened, even if it is Daniel Jones against the Giants this next game. No, I mean, it's a, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. The one thing I'd be scared about a little bit is, yeah. again, it's the New England staff, and they're going to have some answers. Okay. And you do have some talented receivers you in do? the Giants. Yeah. You know, do they want to risk Kadarius Tony out on the edge? You know, one-on-one. Or maybe even a Darius Slayton who can make one guy miss and run 70 yards. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. You know, that, that will be. I know the Giants' offense isn't that great. But like you said, if the quarterback is smart and just gets it out right away, it takes away the whole pressure thing, and now it becomes one-on-one football. You mentioned the Patriots staff. Yeah. How about we dive into the Patriots game? Yeah. A lot of positive there. Knocking off Tennessee. Last thing. Wait, well, other thing yeah, I yeah. want to say, too. Last yeah. thing. You know, I guess we should have shown this. I thought we were going to – I might have messed this up. You know, they'll do that, mm-hmm. or even the Cam. Cam's interception, his first interception of the game. They showed the all-out. It was a little different looking, right? It didn't look the way. Right. They dropped the cover, too, and he threw an interception. It was a bad throw. It actually was a good play call and everything like that, but Cam just didn't throw the ball well. Cam missed some throws in the game, too. Yeah. You know, to, uh, to, to that point, to, that hurt the Carolina offense a little bit. Right. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Pete, I think Big Phil's supposed to call in. Do we want to dive into a whole new game or wait for, wait for Phil? Let's dive in. The hell with him. Let's go into the next one. This one's quick. This We got the Patriots, so let's go. All right. Yeah. You mentioned the Patriots. Yeah. Took care of business once again. Looked good doing it. Beating Tennessee 36-13. However, 
nitpicking here a little bit with a team that's on this kind of roll. Yeah. They gave up 270 yards rushing. Like, I had to do a double take. Did they I know. really I know. give up 270? What the hell happened? Well, it's um, Tennessee's good. Yeah. They're good. Even without Derrick Henry, yes, they know how to Yes, they're well the coached. They know they, they don't waste plays. They know the proper things to do against certain defenses or schemes. You know, again, Tennessee's not going anywhere, everybody. They're not going to go. They're not going to fall apart here. I know they lost to the Texans mm-hmm. and they lost to the Titans, and it didn't look good. I mean, but uh, I will be shocked that if they're like this just totally falls apart on them. Well, they might lose a game or two more. I understand that. But I still think they're a force of nature here. Their O-line is too good. Their D-line is too good. They're going to get the receivers back. And Vrabel's just too good of a fucking coach, along mm. with Shane Bowen, Bowen on the defensive side. And um, Todd Downing has proved to me that he's a pretty damn good offensive coach too. They have answers for things. So, you know, here's my big sum of what Tennessee – their offense having some success against New England. Okay. And this is why Vrabel's 2-1 and one against New England. He was 2-0 and oh going in this matchup. He knows what Belichick doesn't like to see in certain formations. That would be the first thing. What's he, you know, which is what? Just like, there, there's, I'll show you here in a minute, okay. just certain things that he knows from working there or playing there that he knows like, oh, Bill always used to say, if a team got in this formation yeah. and we played this defense, man, we got to watch out for this because I don't like this. Yeah. You know, that's how things are orchestrated in New England. I mean, that's how their offense is orchestrated. The New England offense is orchestrated off of Belichick telling McDaniels and Charlie Weiss, when I, when I see this, I don't want to have to defend this. Yeah. I mean, that's literally how it started. That's why he's the genius and the greatest coach ever. They used some New England plays to beat New England, and then also he knows, he knows the guy on the other side. He self-scouted thyself a mm. little bit to know, like, Oh, all right. In these situations, we always do this. I got to zig when we when he thinks we're going to zag. If you think you're just going to line up and beat New England with what you've been doing and just go, here it is, this is what we do, you're crazy. You got to do some things where you go, this is what we do 99 out of 100 times, but today you're getting the one fuck you play here. So and that's what song. you got to do. Exactly yeah. right. And that's where Brayball understands it with them. Second most rushing yards allowed uh, under Belichick. I always I, I want to put an asterisk next to any time a team gets blown out, but they put up big numbers. It doesn't really matter. No. I mean, right? I mean, no. No. they lost by 23 points. So lost by 23. 350 right. after the fact in the second half when it didn't matter. And sometimes these, these stats are a little hollow. They were. But right? I will say, I don't think these are that hollow of okay. stats. I think this is a game where the score is misleading. Mm. The stats in the game, like, I didn't look at the game and go, New England just overwhelmed them. They were just better. They physically dominated them. That's not the case here. I'd go, Tannehill missed a wide-open touchdown pass, and they missed a field goal. You know, they got a long run. The guy breaks it fumbles they're on the one yard line they throw an interception right there was plenty of points in this game where it was like oh this game's about to be dead even and we're going to go in the fourth quarter and this is going to be fun to watch it's just the Patriots made a few plays and the Titans kind of messed it up a little bit but I think if they play again in the playoffs yeah like I would be shocked if this isn't like a three-point type of football game game but your point is still right there's a lot of games that we look at where we go those stats are bullshit. That doesn't make sense. A lot of times, but yes. it sounds like there's some, you know, maybe this wasn't There's that some kind merit of game. to this one. We talk about self-scouting myself yeah. a lot. It, it felt like Tennessee did that because they weren't running the ball 
third and three, third and long kind of situations most of the season. Uh-huh. They ran it a lot in those kind of situations what on was Sunday. Yeah. Let's check it out. Late second quarter, our 16-6 Pats. It's third down and three. I think they led the league, or they were least in the league to run the ball in third and three more. Oh, it was that high. All year. Wow. Right. So, again, this is where you self-scout thyself because yeah. then he's probably looking at it and going, Bill's going to know this. They're the greatest breakdown coaches in the history of football. They're going to play pass defense. Now, New England's also the king, one of the kings, in my opinion, of, like, if it's third and three, they'll run the football and gash you that way if they feel like you're playing too much pass defense. But I think that's, again, this, this is the point. This is not like an overwhelming, oh, my gosh, unbelievable play schematically that I'm about to show you here. It's just – it's, again, just knowing what you're going to get. It's, it's three down linemen. It's a bunch of linebackers and secondary players. You know, it's, it's linemen, linemen, line, uh, Matt Judon. It's safety, you know, Kyle Van Noy, Hightower, you know, nickelback, corner, safety, safety, corner, right? They're expecting they want to stop some sort of short pass. And really what they're doing here is they're playing man, and he's playing man, and he's playing man on him, he's playing man on him, he's free, and I just want to make sure I get this right, I think Hightower and Van Noy, I got a million plays in my head, sorry if I'm not exactly right, are going to drop out because they want to stop, oh, just in case they run something like this, or he comes off and comes through this way, we got guys inside that we're not going to ask our corner to stop here and then chase across the field and try to stop a shallow cross right? That's impossible. Right. They're New England. They're not, they don't expect any human on earth to be able to stop that. They're going to have some sort of like, you know, we got to help the guy out a little bit. He's not Superman. Yeah. He can't just cover four, three receivers all over the field all day long, right? So here we go. You can kind of see, you know, New England, it's a three-man rush, and they're, they're playing pass all the way. It's really just one, two, three. He's here just to kind of eat up the, blo- the, be- the, the blocker a little bit, and he's going to, like, help out and get out. He had the tight end man-to-man. There's Van Noy. I don't know. Maybe Hightower is actually there. He might just be clogging up a lane to not let, like, Tannehill run or anything like that. But you could see he's not really rushing the passer, right? Three-man rush, draw up the middle, block perfectly. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive lineman off the field, a bunch of linebackers and secondary guys. See you later. Yeah. You know, again, perfect a, play call. a perfect play call. That's all we're getting to. And, again, that's something to me where it's like that's, that's something New England usually does to other teams. Yeah. Even New England's first touchdown, they threw a little screen. I mean, Tennessee's first touchdown of the game, they threw a screen pass out to a little bunch receiver set. It's the same play that Edelman caught to win the Super Bowl against the Falcons. Like, oh, yeah. again, it's, it's plays that Bill – he knew, oh, you play this, Stevens. You don't like to defend this. This yeah. is why you do it to everybody else. Yeah. I'm going to do it to you, and he they must, get a touchdown. He, he must hate playing against Rabel then. Well, it, no, I think it's part of the that. reason why he's never had great success against any of his protégés, right? Even up in Detroit, Matt Patricia beat him. Yeah. You know, I'm blanking on some others that have had his number because – I think Mangini beat him. Mangini had some definitely some, right? some issues. Yeah. He did, yes. I'm, I'm missing it. You know, O'Brien gave him some issues yeah. in Houston because they, they know the some of the, the things he likes. Bit. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah, no okay, doubt so about it. That, that's one successful play. And you were right. I'm reading it here. Thank you, Pete, for this good note. Uh, entering the game, Tennessee ran it on third down 
third with a uh, third down and ten yards to go, just four third times. And, yeah, anything a third and three and more, right? In between third and three, yeah, exactly. And there's a graphic for everybody to see. There we go. So four rush attempts the whole year to that point. Man, and then they did it four times. Four times in this game Sunday. for 90 yards and a first down on three of the four. Right. So that just again, when you're playing New England, if you're not zigging when you're supposed to zag, yeah. you're going to zag yourself to a loss. I can tell you that. Early third quarter, Tennessee down 19-13, second and four, uh, almost. A very positive play here for Tennessee. Cool. Almost. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. You know, this is, again, this is to the point of what I was trying to say with the stats. Like, it's 19-13, yeah, it's, yep. and they're going to break a big run here, and you're going to go, damn, they're in a field goal position. Yeah. Here we go. This game's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But, again, this is like Vrabel and company knowing how to block a 3-4 front. You know, you got one. Oh, let me just clear that. You got one, two, three. You got your outside linebacker in Van Noy. There's Judon, Hightower, Jawan Bentley, who I think is the best thumping middle linebacker in football right now. All right? And a lot of teams don't know how to run the ball against the 3-4. It's hard because they're asking these three down linemen to two-gap, and they're monsters. So they hold people up, and they have the gap on either side of them. And then the linebackers react off of it. So that, it's not easy always to run the ball on New England or these type of defenses. That's why the Ravens and the Steelers all these years are amazing at stopping the run for the most part. All right? Now, the thing that's key to this play, one, is Ben Jones is a really good center, and he reach blocks and stops. Uh, I think this is Godshaw, but I'm not really sure. He stops the nose tackle from getting to this gap on his left, okay. the A gap to his left. He doesn't let that happen. All right, so that's the, where it first starts. The second thing they do is they're basically running outside zone, but watch how the guard kind of almost like pulls a little bit to do that. And the reason he does that is to widen the gap of that A gap I just talked about where the center, you see, you can see he's got him reached here, right? You know, here's Guy who's trying to two-gap either side, right? Now, here's Saffold, who it's like you see what I'm talking about a little bit as far as how he kind of came off the ball here. just want to show this again. Like, look how, look how he comes off the ball, Saffold, right here. All right? You know, it, it's very a different approach for an outside uh, – sorry, damn it, I messed, messed up. Outside zone look, but the brilliance of it is, all right, is the fact that now Guy – who's trying to read it and play either side. He's got a guy that's hitting him. And Hightower is taught to now just blow up the gap, all right? Blow it up. Run in. You see the gap. You're a big body. Blow it up. That'll give the guy nowhere to run, all right? But the key is because Saffold does this little aggressive move to his left, he makes, and it's hard to see from this angle, he makes the A gap here, and you'll see in a second, it's eight yards wide. Oh. So even though he does his job and clogs the gap, he's not the size of a Mack truck. Right. He can't clog the whole gap. And because of that, they get exposed. You know, let me see if I can pause it at the right. Like, it's really hard to tell from this angle. I showed Pete on film, and he was like, oh, my gosh, yes, the gap is huge. So if you could really see between center and left guard here, Hightower hits him. He tries to stick out his left hand to stop the guy, okay, but the gap's so big, he just gets a hand on him, and he's gone. If that was intentional, like you're pointing out, that's some high-level nuance. That, oh, it, that's it's very I, well done. I would be shocked if it wasn't intentional. Yeah. I would be shocked. I, I don't think you're going to see an outside zone play all year unless they play a 3-4 team that looks like that again. 
But I know, I wish we had an end zone cut to show you, but this gap's so huge that they, even though, like, schematically are in their gaps, that A gap is eight yards wide, and that allows him to run through it. And then you got J.C. Jackson, uh, who's, I don't know, maybe the best corner in football right now. Right. Runs, he loves to run people down, hawk them down, and, and cause some issues. Hell of a play. It'll be, yeah. it'll be fun to watch the Patriots uh, take on the They did a flea flicker week. in the game. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, who does flea flickers? New England is the king of flea flickers trick plays. They did that to get down there one time. You know, they used a lot of New england stuff against New England. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Tennessee's going anywhere. I know they're right. not perfect yet. Yeah. But if you can move that front and get some yards running against that front, then you're going to be able to move the ball against just about anybody. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. As promised. Woo. I'm sweating. After a long time, after a long break, no uh, need to apologize. Yeah, big time big in Phil, every We understand week. you're busy, but it's nice to have you back. Wow. Bringing me on and just slap me all around. <laughs> That's what we do here. That's right. It's what the fuck well, happened Wednesday. That's what we do. Well, okay, listen, I'm used to it with my kids growing up, my wife, so it's okay. I can take a beating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. All you're right. good. Phil, you had a nice getup on, uh, on Thanksgiving Day. What good did suit, I wear? I good have tie. no idea. That yeah. seems like a year ago. No, I know. I know. It was six days ago. <laughs> Last time I, I saw you, suit? What's that? I said, I guess I wore a blue suit. Somebody goes, you know, blue. you wear blue every week. Well, what yeah. other color is there you want me to wear? I wear some lavenders or whatever. I don't know. I'm the one that you wears know. blue every week. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the one. Yeah, I'm worse than you. Dad changes it up. You wore gray yeah. last week, Christopher. You good. wore gray. I did. I, I did like, wear gray. I was like shocked. Gray oh can be God. tough to pull off in the studio. Yeah. Can be. I, yeah. I'm gray or blue, period. Yeah. They're not getting blue anything different works. from me. Not getting anything. Yeah. And, yes, Dad uh, Dad had a long Thanksgiving. We were at the house, so it was good when he got home that night. And uh, we had some fun. He didn't even eat, like, leftovers that really? night. No, it was too late. He didn't want to do it. He's officially hit that old age where his stomach just can't handle it too late at night. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. Really? <laughs> hey, listen. Mm. This age thing, it's real. <laughs> Brandon Marshall yelled at me yesterday when we were doing the Paramount show. You know, quit talking down about yourself. I go, Brandon, you know, it's kind of, you know, I do that for a reason. It's really the opposite, but that's okay. And, uh, but, yeah, eating, eating at night, oh, my God, it's the worst. It keeps me up all night, so I've learned. What's the cutoff? It's a long time to learn, but I've got it down now, I think. So. What's the cutoff? Eight, nine, ten? Oh, no, no. I try to never to eat dinner any later than seven thirty. Now, my God, oh, wow. we're, yeah. we're late night people. That's what's coming. We are waiting. We, late we're late night people, people and I, you know, I got to get out of that habit because, my God, here I am waking up at five o'clock on Tuesdays and Sundays, and I'm like, okay, that was a great four hour sleep here. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, I know. Oh, well, it's all good. A lot of stuff. I enjoy. I love my Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, because, okay, all I get to do is what I want to do. And uh, it's fun doing it. I, I, it's amazing. After all the, I love watching the games and just seeing things that we don't see on TV that TV can't show. And it yeah. just, you know, as I've always said to you guys and to everybody, TV lies. Yeah. 
you can really create your own story watching the game on TV. If you're the announcers and the crew, it's hard to cover it all and really get the true essence of games and what's going on because of time and lots of reasons. But uh, it's just interesting to see things and have a whole different opinion about what I think at the beginning of the week and how it changed by the end of the week. Yeah, so, no doubt about that's it. That's what we're trying to do here with this Wednesday podcast. We show yeah. those plays to kind of break it down. All right, so yeah, like, I was really interested about New England. That's my next watch. So I, I will watch for that play. I know exactly the one you're talking about. And, uh, yes, I would bet Roger Saffold that was, like you said, next-level stuff. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's deception. And, you know, people are thinking one thing, but it's just that's really so cool. And of course, when you're a run football team, you got to have a great uh, a bunch of different ways to do things. I exactly. watched the 49ers this morning. Oh my God! Yeah, don't Just, go there because we're going to do that. Well, I'm going to do it. A, go ahead. We're going to break them down here in a minute. I got a bunch no, of plays. Okay. But go I'll ahead. Just say this. Yeah. When you play them, right? Just here we go. The first quarter, you're going to get every damn thing in the world. Yes. And. And you got to be in shape to run the 49ers offense because you go in motion every time. <laughs> no doubt. And and running. And no doubt. I said, hell, they got to be in shape just before the ball is snapped to be ready. But, <laughs> no, it's really tremendous in how they're so versatile and how they read on the run. You know, Kittle could be coming across the line and be going full speed and redirect to get his block, lineman downfield. I mean, I, I, I'm – I haven't watched them really seriously in a few weeks, and I just I'm blown away with all the stuff. They yeah, do. Shanahan's on fire right now. He really is, and he's got people's heads on a swivel in the run game. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, you're right. To your point, you got to have those little nuances uh, wow. within your run game, within some of your staple plays, yeah. to be able to adjust. Like, well, this week this team plays like this. We got to change this just a little, even though it's the same play. Especially at this point yeah. of the season. At this part of the season, no doubt about it. And that's where I think, yeah. you know, Vrabel is tough on yeah. Belichick. And, of course, Belichick's tough on everybody that way. Hey, last thing with the Tennessee Titans in that game, too. Yeah. You know, uh, Tennessee gets their corners and their, their secondary healthy a little bit. I, I'd be interested to see where that goes. Okay, that, that'll be a different matchup the next time. Um, they did a great job of stopping the Patriots' run. Right. They, they couldn't get yeah. any pressure on the passer, though. And that's where they'll need Bud Dupree back to get healthy and be a pain in the ass that way. That'll be, you know, something to watch for if they ever do match up. But um, I'm sorry. I just Tennessee had to get that out. Tennessee is great. Ten- that's all right. Tennessee's, of course, good against the run, and they're getting better because they're humongous. They're humongous. Yeah, they are. They are. They're, I yeah. mean, the old saying goes, which I use a lot, when they get down in their stances, if you're behind, you can show a double feature on their rumps. I yeah. mean, that's it. And that's I heard that from Earl Leggett. Or, hey, you know, I need some guys in there that when they get down, he called them tush hogs. You know, you got to have big people in there. It really you do to be a good run defense, and that's what Tennessee no is. They're a run offense. And, you know, as I said, don't expect Tennessee to be a great passing team now because Derrick Henry's out. Right. They didn't build a team that way. That's right. They don't have it constructed with plays, players, whatever. So they got to manage this somehow and keep running the football, which they did against New England, to you know keep their team in balance and how they built it. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're exactly right. And uh, you know, I think you're with me. You agree that Tennessee's not going anywhere. They might lose another game or two, but they're still going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, all right, so Dad wants to hit three things yep. here today. I have no idea. I just know Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones. Those are the three things we want to hit on, Dad. I know you want to hit on that. I told the audience that at the start of the show that those were that's where you wanted to go. I'll give you, you know, free pass here. Where do you want to start between those three? 
Well, that's a, that's a good. I, I guess I'll start with Matt Stafford. Okay. I've been thinking this for weeks, and yeah. it kind of finally came out. I do. I've watched. Uh, you know, I watch every game of the Rams. Yeah. And I don't know why, because sometimes we never say a word about them for three weeks. But when it, I just and I want to see what they're doing, and I'm a fan of Matt Stafford's. Right. But I've been saying. I just go. He's not. His arm strength is not the same as it was last year. No. And then it comes out. He has a little sore elbow and all that, and that makes sense. I just. I've thought that. I've said it a few times uh, on my Friday show with Chris Russo, but I've said it on uh, CBS, I think, once or twice. I'm not sure because, you know, I talk so much, can't remember. But I just see it. You said it this morning, Christopher. That's what really hit me again. Yeah. That, you know, he's missing throws that we've never really seen him miss. Never. And uh, so that, to me, that's always a sign. And, of course, you know, he had that little injury, too. on his. That changes things, which we've seen with Russell Wilson, who's now just not throwing the football the same as he has before. Right, missing, right. missing throws that we've never seen him miss. And what it's amazing. And what it does, there's other reasons, but it affects your mind. Yeah. And it affects your decision-making. Definitely. And it did with Russell. He made, uh, you know, I, what I can I say, terrible decisions against the Washington football team mm-hmm. and really – Probably cost him the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I think you're right with Stafford. I mean, it's the elbow, he hurt his foot maybe in like week three or four, or maybe it was even right. a little later than that, five or six. He's obviously a little beat up. First month of the season, I mean, it, it was looked, on fire. It looked like he wasn't breaking a sweat throwing for 300 yards. No, he was not. But I, I, I think that's the thing that jumps out. Hey, there's a few throws in the game the other day. Like, he's got a corner route against Green Bay. I mean, it's, it's – I, I would go, man, Matthew Stafford, the way this looks right now before he throws it – he he yeah. could get down on a knee and close his eyes and he's going to hit this. Right. And he didn't. He barely got it there. I mean, he barely got it there. There's just too many throws that are off target right now. And again, yeah, Dad and I are Matt Stafford fans. We're defenders of him a little bit. Yeah. We understand he's been a little wild and stupid in Detroit at times. We get that. But there's still no denying the thrower and the the player and his ability to hit the bullseye. There's right. no denying that. And right now, that's where I just think we're both a little surprised in the fact right. that you know there's just. Throws I would expect an average NFL quarterback to make, let, less, let alone Matthew Stafford, who I look at as like one of the more of talented course, throwers in the history yeah. of the league. I, I'm, I'm yeah. wondering, it, it, as you guys watch him, because we can all see that the ball's not going to where he wants it to go. Yeah. Do you guys right. notice anything in his release, his acceleration, anything mechanically that would uh, tell us why? the ball isn't ending up where it normally does for him. I, I don't see it, Dad. I don't know about you. I mean, you know, maybe you've watched a hair closer, but I don't look at it and go, oh, he's, you know, no. not letting his arm rip or let it go. His or, motion looks the same to it me. It looks the same to me, too. I don't look at anything, like, mechanically and go, it looks different, other than it's just not on point, and yeah. it seems it's got, instead of a 101-mile-per-hour fastball, it's, it's like a 94 right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a difference in speed, uh, velocity, all that. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I th- it looks like he holds the football higher. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know, it hit me, and I went, is he holding the ball higher than he did in Detroit? But, yeah, you know, the long story of it is, you know, you sure I, we know they're throwing a lot in practice because that's what they are. They're a throwing football team and all that. But, you know, you got to be careful with that, especially here late in the year, even though he has a rubber arm and he's shown it his whole career. But I think, too, the injury he what week did he get that hand injury? Oh, that I know. The preseason or I, I can't even remember now. But you know that that could affect you and strain your arm. It doesn't take much. No, it does not. Oh, you know it too. Yeah. I hurt my ankle and I never really got a sore arm in my career. But when I got a ha- high ankle sprain on my right side, my right ankle, oh my God, did my arm hurt? Mm, oh. Yeah. 
it was like a toothache that was no recovering for it. And it, it stayed there with me for the whole rest of the year once I had that high ankle sprain. So hurt your hand, anything else can affect it, put a strain on another part of your body, and we always see that with lots of players with different kinds of injuries. Arm, elbow, ankle, I mean, el- you know, elbow, ankle, lower back. Those are all the Going three back, things that are bothering knee. him right now. Yep, I mean, yeah, all those yep. things would be you're going to throw the ball more arm then. Yeah. You know, you're not going to yep. get your legs. You might not torque quite the same because your back's a little sore. 100%. You know, so there, there, there's, there, that, that will affect your throwing, and, and I think Dad's spot on with that. All I right. I want to go real quick, but yeah. the last thing you did say this morning, and, I, you know, he looks uh, too thin, trimmer than I've ever seen him. Yeah, and do a weight. Get in the weight room. Please do a squat or a bench press soon. Please. <laughs> Got to do something. Well, you know, those legs, it is It is true, you know, those legs are part of throwing, and if you use them, which you can, if you get in the right position, all that we know, but whatever, that helps too. So, but, yeah, so that might be a little bit of thing too, so I'm not going to beat that up for sure. All right, so now let's go to Baker Mayfield. Or do you want to go to Baker yes. or Daniel Jones let's next? Let's Baker, no, let's yeah. go to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the big question, you know, I, I, you know, I sit here and watch stuff and I listen to TV, and, of course, he is – he takes a beating like no quarterback I've ever seen or heard of in the it's unbelievable. It's they can the the crowd can't wait to bench him, get him out of Cleveland. It's just him. And I haven't watched that game yet. I will here soon. And I want to know were there people running wide open where he missed them and all that? That's what I want to know in the game. That's how I judge guys and and see what they've done and what what was there for him to have? Right. And then, of course, every once in a while, you make a play for yourself and the team. Right. But, again, it's Cleveland's drop-back passing game. Oh, wow. It's just so intricate and confusing mm. to the defense. And the answer, of course, is no, absolutely not. Right. Is the talent over the top at wide receiver? Let me think. No. So, why do we think, oh, well, he's got to throw the ball. Let's just rip it up and tear it up. Now, let's don't forget, last year, maybe the last, what, six games of the year, and the playoffs, he threw the living heck out of the football. Yes, he did. I mean, it was – I interviewed him, and, and I've said to this to you guys, I said, Baker, are you throwing the ball the best you've ever thrown it in your whole career? And he goes, absolutely. I mean, he didn't even hesitate. Yeah. He knew it. He had it going, and he was throwing the ball great. And now he's beat up. The offense is not quite the same. Uh, you know, the team, whatever you want to say, they couldn't run the ball against the Baltimore Ravens. Nope. And my answer is – Definitely, I want him coming back next year. Do I sign him to a long-term contract? No. What's the rush? Let's get one more year of you know da- data here, yeah. and then we'll see what we got. We make a decision from there. There's not going to be nine quarterbacks on the open market. Exactly. Who every team? Oh, we're going to wait for Russell Wilson. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I just go. What the hell are we talking about? You know, it's not going. Everybody can't get these guys, and um, it's you got to be careful moving on to a quarterback. So what's next, Carolina Panthers? <laughs> yeah, well, right? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah, everybody. Oh, we're gonna, you know, move this, and we're gonna get another. Okay, now you gotta readjust, do many things, and it's, it's just it's a hard transition for everybody. No, no so, doubt. Yeah, so you're right. People like think it's just an easy. Oh, we'll find another guy, and we'll be let's better. Get another quarterback. Let's yeah. draft one. Well, we're, let's get, yeah. yeah. Okay, draft him. Get the coaching staff fired, and then the following guy can come in. And go. I don't like yeah. him. Or what? Whatever. So. We just talk too much about this moving quarterback carousel and let's get the next guy and everybody ease up, you know. Pay attention to what the heck's going on. And they really have an opinion that has some validity to it and has some facts behind it instead of, 
I heard a guy on the radio coming home the other night. Now, I just watched the Charger game. Oh, Justin Herbert, he's not Patrick. He was horrendous today. Well, you're a moron. Excuse me, I should say that. <laughs> well, you're that's all right. Yeah, I watched the game, fits. and oh, my God. This, now, I will say this. He was too aggressive yeah. because they got behind. Right. But, oh, my gosh, Paul, it's it's unbelievable how many high-quality, difficult throws yes. he makes. Yeah. And this is not to wide-open people. They don't separate in, in Los Angeles. The no, they don't. Those receivers are body up. It's throw 12-yard outcuts. They're all over him, and he throws it to once. And these guys are good at doing that. You right, know? right. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and Jalen Guyton, too. But Jalen Guyton's got a little speed. I do like him a little. But I'm just saying, if you watch the game, you go, it was all about Justin Herbert. They couldn't run it. Yep. The, the pass defense, the secondary played so well, it led to sacks. Yeah. It gave them extra right. time to get there. Yeah, Denver's the good in the secondary. That, yeah. Rashawn Slater, it's a shutout every play of almost every game I've watched. Yeah. If I could vote for the rookie of the year, everybody can say what. He's been, to me, the most impressive rookie in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, he's wow. been awesome. I mean, come on, name me somebody that's that's really, truly done better than him. Mac Jones? Good point. <laughs> but, but, I mean, just the performance of the left tackle by himself. Yes, yeah. Because it's not – the coaches can't help him. Right. Hey, you got him one-on-one. And it, it's it's unbelievable. It's not that he – you don't even get pressure. Right. I don't care what the stats say. I've watched it. I've watched it, you know – I'm a Charger guy. I watch them every week, and because uh, I want to see what they're doing, I want to see, you know, I want to see Herbert. I just want to see the whole thing, and uh, I, I always go. I wrote all the notes today in the game, and I just put triple star. Please make sure you talk about Slater a little bit if you're going to talk about yeah. the Chargers. Yeah, no doubt about it. He he is. He's been great, and I know you loved oh him coming God. out in the draft. You loved him more than I did, and you're you're definitely ending up more right on that well, one. Judge Christopher, what did I judge? You well, loved him too. I did. I like him. I yeah. had him like three. Dad okay. thought he was like the best one. What did you judge, Phil? He played. I just said, you know what? I'm going to go back and just watch the good. He watched the Ohio State it. game, right? And I watched that. and I went, okay, that was a shutout. Right. That was a shutout. And you know what? When they played the Washington football team to start the year, Chase Young was over there and went, hey, after I think maybe the first quarter, he's the right. hell with this. He went to the other side the rest of the game. Yeah. Didn't line up against him once. Yeah. Chase so. Young's awesome. I will say he's a hair overrated as a pass rusher, but I got you. You're right. There's yeah. no doubt about we'll, that. We'll see if he adjusts as his career goes along. Yeah. You know, just running over people, that was great in college, but you got to have a little – you got to have a secondary move in the NFL, that's for sure. So we'll see if he gets that. All right. So, Dad, you say I like what you said about. Ba- I mean, you're right with Baker and all that. I mean, we've been saying that it's, their pass game cannot stand alone by itself. It's not they their run game. Run. They, have they have to. to. It's just they're, they're not creative no. enough and talented enough on that end. Right. The week before against Detroit, you know, he got mad and left the game and left the yeah. field. Right. He he missed throws. He missed throws that week. Now he's he's yeah. he's banged up. He is. Um, and but, it's affecting his throwing, which we know. Yeah. And we see, he's overthrowing. I mean, even on the game, uh, was that Monday night or Sunday night? Yeah, that was Sunday, Sunday night. night, yeah. I mean, you know, Baker, throwing it 90 miles an hour is good. We don't have to throw it on. That's, I know. Yeah. I know. Drew Brees and, and, and I have had that conversation, yeah. no it, doubt. It really shows up, too. You know, yeah. The ball's getting back there, and it's going around a few places, and time you redirect it, it's too late, and it's just not on target. Rece- so. And receivers hate that more than anything. Well, it does. It affects his accuracy, too, because yeah. his head starts to move all crazy. And his... That's the biggest thing. It yeah. affects his accuracy. Yeah, yeah. It. it really does. And, 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 Dad, I think you're right, too. Like, what's the rush? Why do we got to sign him to a long-term deal? 
They already picked up his fifth year option. He's yep. he's going to get north of twenty million dollars next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So so why? Like, well, we don't have to get the long term long term deal, nor do we have to like sail him down sail him d- down the Ohio River just because there, there's other it's, issues there in yeah. Cleveland. All right. So yeah. that's true. Now, let's go to the G man. Okay. Waiting. And Daniel Jones, right? Because yeah. again, it looks like he's in a practice today. I'm hopeful he can play. You know. Oh, I, okay. I, I know. Yep. I know. I'm a. I think we're both defenders of Daniel Jones. We are to a degree. You know, yeah, yeah do I think he was overdrafted? Of course I do. I didn't think he was a top 10 talent, mm-hmm. okay? He's been better than the people up here in New York want to give him credit for. And I think, like, Dad, you'd back me up on this. Hard to play quarterback when you're behind the worst offensive line in football. Certainly and you've is. had three different offensive yeah. coordinators to start your career. Hard to be really good. I don't know what people want to say. It's just, imp- I mean, again, I could give, some, give you some greats. All-time good. You put Tom Brady behind that offense in New York. See how that works out. I yeah. promise you it ain't going to be good. I don't care who it is. Yeah, maybe Mahomes and, Dan- and and Josh Allen and those guys can make a little more plays. But it, it, it's tough living the way he has. But that's going to yeah. be one of the conversations, Dad. Daniel Jones, should they pick up his fifth-year option? You know, they have to make that decision by April. Like, you know, what do you do if you're the Giants? It's interesting. I want to see the rest of the year. I yeah. didn't know he was going to practice today. I just saw it was week to week. When I saw that, I said, oh, my gosh, week to week means you're going to be out this week right. probably when you're talking about the neck. But, yep. And, look, go down there in Miami and play that defense, which you've talked about. Paul, you've watched it. We know. And, it's man, that is one headache. That's all I can say. Yeah, right? and, because they got a good secondary. Yep. And everything they do up front, you know, in the, in the time of a game, that's a lot of a – thinking, adjustments, and then trying to beat their talent. So yes. that, that's a lot to overcome. And, right. Hey, the Ravens, we, we talked about this. The Ravens did everything against it, and they were one play behind always. Right. Uh, let's throw a screen. Let's do this. Let's roll out. Let's run the option. Let's do a power run inside. I mean, they tried it all, and I go, well, if they'd have done that to play before, it would have been great. But Miami keeps changing up, and they they've do. done a great job. Yes. But Daniel Jones, I would think of it this way. The Giants want to keep him. That's, I don't talk to anybody. I don't know any inside information because I don't want to know, and I don't, I'm not going to call them about it. But I think really down deep, everybody there believes in him enough. Agreed. They want to bring him back. I, I, here's what I would do. Just, I just thought of it now. I would not sign him to the fifth-year option. I would do, so this is his third year. Does he have to do it this year? They have or, to do it by April. By April. So they've got to make that decision. Right. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Right. Don't get that money. Let him play next year and let's prove it. And if he, you're going to know then for sure, do you want to sign him to a long term deal or whatever you do? Yeah. That, or you can that, franchise him, whatever. Yes. And you can franchise him. Yes. Right. So, again, why do we have to go out there and give the option with all that money and commit ourselves to it? Uh, go ahead and get one more year of. Uh, what we want to know, and then make your decision from there. Yeah. And I think it's okay. That's fair to him. I don't think he's going to sit there and go, oh, my gosh, the pressure. Yeah. You know, people get – no, he's just going to play. But let's fix it up, give him a better chance, and let's, you know, the offense – hey, as I watch all these offenses around the league, unless it's just a really just got overwhelming talent, they can be somewhat simple and just do some things that everybody does. But, you know – Coaching in the NFL takes good players and makes them stars. Hmm. And yeah. that's what you got to do. The old line that, oh, we want to see more creativity, it is kind of true. 
and how you call plays and how you design them has so much to do with success of your offense. Right. So I don't look at New England's offense. Yes, they got a really good line, so I got to be care. I got to backtrack as I'm talking, but their creativity is off the charts. Yes. And that just helps everybody on the offensive side. Slows the defense down tremendously. Right. I've talked to Ray Lewis about this. Man, when he goes, you're over there and you're making all those adjustments on offense, they're making different calls every time you move. Oh, and this and that. And Ray Lewis kind of uh, educates me on that sometimes. I go, wow, you know, you've got to be really smart. Of course, him and Ed Reed together. They were. Enough to get it all done. Yeah. But, yeah, just listening to him, how they would change what they did, just so simple because they were ready for it. And, you know, there's not many defenses and not many people like that in the NFL, that's for sure. No, there's definitely not. I think you bring up a lot of good points with Daniel Jones. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, let's see let's see where it goes. Yeah. I do yeah. think – I think they believe in the person and the player. I do. They would like yeah. to really like him. It's it a New like, England yeah. staff. We yeah. heard early in the year, it reminds us of Tom Brady a little. The way he approaches, he's a professional. He never makes an excuse. He gets his head knocked off. He never looks at the O-lineman and does one thing or makes right. an excuse. Oh, you, this is the seventh time today you've had your head knocked off. He just walks off the field and sucks it up. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, he's, I, I like all that, but you know. Yeah, he's I, time I to be... show some emotion. He's ready to, he I... needs to motherfuck some people. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not going to say it that way, but, you know, every <laughs> once in a while you got to turn to your lineman. And, you know, that's part of your chemistry with the line. Yeah. And I've, I say these stories all the time, but I don't care. I'm going to repeat it. I was getting beat up one game, and, you know, I, I was moaning. And I came to the sideline, Bart Oates sat beside me, and I just was killing him. And Bart Oates goes, what's well, not my guy? I said, Bart, I don't give a crap who's ball. Guy said, it's fix it. And, you know, he. <laughs> I thought he's either going to punch me. He goes, okay, okay, I'll get it done. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's that's part of, you know, not a, it's not in everybody. And, I, you know, of course, when you think back to yourself, you we over-evaluate ourselves, that's for sure. Yeah. But that's part of being the quarterback, setting a standard, and trying to help players and everything a little bit with many ways you can do it, patting them on the back or saying something <clears> – <throat> somewhat negative to them or whatever, let's go, pick it up, help me out, whatever right. it is. Right, You know, you you got too much status. you got to take advantage of the position you're playing. And that, that's the only – now, he could be doing that, Christopher and Paul. We don't know. Yes, that's right. It, that's right. But I – hey, there, as Parcells would tell me, Sims, they're not your buddies. You're their leader. And I just would go – Okay, I got it. I understand. Yeah. You know, in other words, you got to there's a separation there and make sure you keep it. So, just like every time I talk to the head coach, no matter what, I said this is the man. So, I got to yeah. be careful what I say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got to see Brady play once and you know, against him, right? In like a real game. And I remember up in New England just he hit the ground a few times and he probably hit it like 3 times. I mean, yeah. you know, and <laughs> yeah, I was literally really I was literally peeling myself off the ground every play. <laughs> but the way he acted with the offensive line, because, you know, there was plays there to be had, and he got hit. And, could, right. and it wasn't like he was a jerk, yeah. but it was the right kind of jerk, yeah. like yeah. A, a tilting of the head and what are we doing and that. Okay. And that goes a long way. He's got, he, he's got some real fire, even at this oh, age. Oh, no doubt. He still like, does. Oh, he, yeah. he presents yeah. himself so well and so right. kind and um, so intelligently, but there is a real jerk in there. That no doubt. That can come doubt. out. 
at the right time. No doubt. And, Rogers, same way. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He gives that deathly stare at receivers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. The guys don't want to come the in their way. Going, I'm scared. <laughs> I yeah. hear you. I know it is. It's crazy. All right. You know, uh, but, you know, you you made a great point. Two guys that really took advantage of. You know, I'm not. I don't want to slight anybody, but two guys, and I tell the story, especially the quarterbacks. I tell them, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had so, so much influence on their players, the team, and the coaches, and all that. Just the way they handled themselves is is something to learn from. Yep. And try, you know, you you can't, if it's not in you, you can't do it. Yeah. But you know, but success on the field gives you power. Right. So just like Daniel Jones, if they can have more success, he's got to become more powerful within right. the team. Right. And people are going to look at him more, and then he has that chance to really have an influence. Whatever it is, very small can be a big difference in the NFL. So we'll see as we go along, but I feel pretty good about what I think is going to happen and maybe should. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, anything else you want to get off your chest here? Uh, no, I was in my TV room the other night, and, I, Paul, I picked up this big piece of luggage, and it, it's a backgammon board. <laughs> and I opened it up. And I saw this note in there that how much my son owes me from losing him back him. And I go, damn, he's got to pay me that one day. And I, I just a, a random thought there. Yep. Is, this, is this this son I'm sitting next <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, it is. It oh, definitely yeah, is. That's that son. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. I teach him how to play backgammon. Yep. And ten minutes later, okay, let, let's play for some money. And he like, loses. I don't know if you're quite ready for that son, but I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> You hustled him. Hustled your own son. Yeah. It no, didn't, I didn't. He hustled himself. It, it went the other way around. He's like, all right. He's like, you, you understand the game? You're ready to, let's go $100 this game. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, I got it. You know, yeah. I thought I had it. I beat him in a game because, like, I rolled the dice the right way. Yeah. Not because of the, the, the game itself. Knew what was going on. I think yeah. I'm, uh, what, north of 25000 uh, I owe him right now. That's I told him I want to. I want to yeah. scratch it, all right? Just scratch it, yeah. all right? Oh, sure. Let's start over <laughs> and let's until start you over. win, and then we can – that account. Okay, yeah, I like that philosophy. That's just not going to happen. Because I got down, work. and then I started doubling games, and let's go – you know what I mean? Yeah. And, of course, it's your dad, so you don't really think you're going to have to write the check. Not going to actually pay him. <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, he's not point. Teddy KGB or anything like that. I'm not that scared of him. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you'd like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, look, you guys have a great day and everything. Thanks, Dad. Good talking to you finally. Good to talk to you, Phil. All right, Dad. You're the man. See you, man. See you, Phil. 25 grand. Yeah. 25 grand. It really, it kind of went down like that. Like, he, he, we literally played a game or two. He taught me how to play. I beat him, like, in the second game because I yeah. rolled, like, double fives and double sixes. And then he was like, All right, you ready? You got it? Let's, all right, $100 this game. And, you know, like the first day I was down like $1,000, right? Because yeah. we also play – I don't know if you know how to play backgammon. I, I actually just it, it, learned during the pandemic oh, to play with my wife. Or yeah. That's something to do. It's, it's fun. A, it's a great yeah. game. It's a great gambling game. And you can lose a game and have the game be doubled and tripled anyway. So it can get expensive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I I'm up like 20 grand on my wife. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. She hasn't paid either. Good luck seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Uh, uh, Daniel Jones, I, I, I yeah. wanted to get in there. Just, yeah, just a go couple ahead. Things. Get it I, in. You know, you, you're, you're going back and forth with your dad. I'm listening here thinking, number one, we just talked about Baker Mayfield before that. Right. Think about what Baker did, you know, leading up to last December. Like, he was really good in December after struggling, you yeah. know, for, for like a, a, a good chunk there toward the end of the right. season. It wasn't great. Then he finished strong. Hey, Daniel Jones can do the same kind of thing. He can. Right? I, yeah, to a degree. And you bring up a great point right. about the creativity of the offensive coordinator. Or maybe your dad the said dad it. did, One yeah. of you two guys talked about that. Right. But after the top 10 or 12 guys in the league, uh, and Daniel Jones is not there. Yeah. Let's say he's 13. Let's say he's 32. With the help of a, a really good game plan, I mean, would you be surprised if he showed up four or five weeks in a row playing like he's knocking on the door of the top 12 or surprised if he's down there 30, 31, or 32. He could be anywhere You're exactly right. And with a good game plan, some creativity like that, like the the difference is that much. It is. Between a lot of those guys who aren't quite the best. Yes. Are are they the worst or are they close to being the best? He's in that mix of 15 I I would agree. I think like when you get to like 12 through 24 of the starting quarterbacks in football, the separation is minimal. He's he's in there. It's, somewhere. Yeah, it's it, no doubt about it. It's just lack of support. You know, because of the old line and their issues, they can't be overly creative at times. You're right. You know? I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, we want to call the, the deep post corner route here with a guy running a 25-yard crossing route. Yeah, well, good luck. I mean, there's no way he'll be able to throw that ball. Yeah. You know, so then, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a ripple effect after that, too. Now we have to call certain routes and certain plays to get the ball to the hand quick. Now the defense starts to expect that. They can play aggressive all the time. You know, so there's a lot of issues there that he's had to deal with. And, you know, I'm with that, too. I don't think, I don't think you give him the fifth-year option because of a lot of things. Yeah, so what? He can he's a big boy. He'll be all right. Yeah. He understands the There's an option in between cutting bait and committing long term. Yes. There's somewhere in the middle there and we've you lost can land that. with uh, for some At, reason. For some reason there's no you way. You can land work. in the middle with this guy mm-hmm. and say we're not convinced, but we don't think he's stinky either. Exactly. So, let's go one more season let's and see how see it, goes it goes out. And hopefully I I think they're realistic enough to know they haven't put the greatest support system around him. Right. I mean, so I just I, I look at it that way. And, you know, also, hey, the, the, the politics of the situation. Yeah, there's a lot of people up in New York here in this area that don't believe in Daniel Jones. You know, I'm always arguing with them to a degree. And so don't give him the fifth year option. My point I wanted to make, and I meant to say this with dad, is you don't want to be in the Carolina Panthers spot mm. where they committed a fifth year option to Sam Darnold. Oh, great. You're going to pay Sam Darnold $20 million next year. He's not going to be on your team. Yeah. Not going to be on your team. So why? Don't do that. Let's see a little more evidence. There's things you like, like you said. We know mm-hmm. it hasn't been perfect, but we don't think he stinks. Right. So let's see where it goes from there, and then we can sign him to a long-term deal. And with not doing the fifth-year option, too, we back off the fan base a little bit to show, like, hey, we're not stupid. We're not just committing to him just to say he's a top-ten pick and we're trying to prove we're not wrong. Right. We're going to see how this goes. He seems like the kind of guy who would be aware of that. I think he is. Kind of knows where, where the production no has doubt. been, where he is. And yes. he'll probably just go out and perform and not get too caught up in any political side of a fifth-year option. I, I think that's why they drafted him. He's got a little of that Eli, Tom Brady. Just he can cancel out all the noise that's going on around him in that situation. Right. Yeah, I, I love talking with Big Phil, listening to Big Phil. Yeah. You know, 1A there on the favorite is the Reed, the oh, Under Armour Reed. You know it. And I have seen I, your shoes today. Oh, you like my shoes? My yeah. Steph Curry's, baby. they got those cookies on right here. Woo! And they match the sign. Look at that stuff right there. Very but, nice. yeah, Chris Sims presented by Under Armour. We are supported by Under Armour. Just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. That's right. I'm giving you an edge on football stuff today. 
and Big Phil giving you an edge too. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes like the ones that I got on right now that give you insane grip. And they're damn comfortable too. All right? They look like it. And they match my damn logo. So I like that. <laughs> they even make hoodies that reflect energy. We're not just about the end result, winning, or glory. Under Armour is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. That's what we do, me and Polly B. There you go. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is, is through. through. I felt that read. I, I felt it. Good. Like the energy you should. kind of ramped up. You do. I mean, I only know 100 miles early. per hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Those shoes look like slippers. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Touch them. Take them up here. Go ahead. And that. That that is actually like a slipper I wear at my house. They're, yeah. Right. Yeah. They're uh. The, but in the in the it's like uh, on the tongue. Sesame Street cookies. Yeah. Cookie Monster not released yet. Right. And I didn't know what cookies meant in basketball. Are. And I've had some basketball people who actually have listened to the pod. What does it mean? See, it's like steal a uh, steal. Uh-huh. Steal the cookies is a phrase of stealing the ball, uh, in basketball, which I was unaware of. So I didn't know that. Either. I didn't know either. I don't know. You got cookie hoops jar, friends? taking cookies from the cookie jar. You, you got hoops people listening to the pod. Yeah, you know, a, a few every now and then. They're they're not, they're more they're they're TV or radio personalities okay. who are more hoops centered. Gotcha. Right. They talk a little football and stuff, but I guess they're listening to. The, and we play the pod on Sirius XM during the week. Yeah. And we brought this up, I guess, last week or the week before, and someone heard it and they were like, oh, "Dude, cookies means this in the basketball world." And I was like, "All right." I'm going to use that around my kids. I'm not in the basketball world. I appreciate that. No problem. Segway back into the games. We've got got a couple more to hit here. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Niners knocking off the Vikings, and all of a sudden the Niners are on a roll. Uh, The Shanahan offense is looking really good. The run is going well. Love Debo Samuel. If if my kids were still young enough where I was buying them jerseys of my favorite players and making them wear them, I would buy them the Debo Samuel. Um, I'm with you. Outstanding. Outstanding. Right? Yes. Maybe the number one weapon in football right now. Just as a guy who likes to watch football, how how could you not like what he's doing? Exactly right. Just do it all. Hey, whatever the team needs, you do it. Run over the middle, get killed, block in the running game, play running back, play receiver. Whatever. He's a weapon. The entire thing. I think he's the most important non-quarterback in football right now. There you go. That's what I would I would classify him as. And, yeah, Shanahan, you know, as much as people want to, like, sometimes crap on Kyle Shanahan and his draft misses, which I understand there's a lot, you know, I could still fight back with some ones that have hit, too. That one right? hit. And Debo in the second round is hit. Yeah. I mean, definitely one of the five best receivers in football right now. Shanahan's on a roll. You know, it's a, it's a shame Debo got hurt a little this week. Yeah. So he's going to probably miss this week. He, really, I bet you he misses two weeks with a groin injury. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Fred Warner got hurt in the game a little bit. But, man, they looked like a different team on the field the other day. Jaquaski Tart was back. Dre Greenlaw, a linebacker, was back. And, of course, they've been on fire on the offensive side of the ball. And I still think the 49ers are a team that's capable of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow. I really do. Wow. Yes. I, I, I thought I, you were going to say capable of you know playing into January. Yeah, I really think they have February. still the February magic. I wow. do. When I look at the NFC, I, I said this on Monday, I think the top six seeds can all win the Super Bowl. And I got less questions right now about the 49ers as compared to the Dallas Cowboys or yeah. maybe even the Rams. After how they played right. recently. Yeah. So, I mean, if you made me rank the NFC, I'd probably put the 49ers like the fourth best team in the conference. After the Packers. The Cardinals. Yep. And the uh, Bucks. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I think I'd right now at this moment, that's where I'd put them. We're going to get into uh, watching some things that worked so well against yeah. the Vikings. I, I, I want to frame it, though, not just in what happened Sunday, 
about a month ago, we were talking about the effort that San Francisco had against Arizona when Colt McCoy did so well. Both sides of the ball. I mean, that was just like, really? Yeah. A game in, it was either late October, early November yeah, that you really had to have. Right. Or felt like they had to have. Right. You came up with that kind of effort and production. I know. I, I kind of wrote them off. And the way they've come back from that performance to me is super impressive. Yes. So I've got that on my mind as we kind of set up what they did really well against the Vikings. I think we're going to start with the running game. Uh, Mitchell. Yeah, that's what it always Speaking is. Speaking of hits. Yeah. Well, Speaking of hits another go, later right, on right, in the draft. Right, a six-round pick yeah. who lo- looks like he's a, a second-round pick, a running back. Right. call him Eli, Elijah, w- w- whatever it is. Yeah, good. Man. Good Mitchell. Works. Yes, works Mitchell. Yeah. Right, no doubt about it. And, I mean, the run game with Shanahan, of course, to me, is the, it's the best design run game in football. It is. It's just out of this world creative. You know, like my dad said, he was bringing it up a little bit. It just – there's so many different looks, motions – everything it's hard to defend it all let alone they're really good at a core bunch of plays that they make look different to make the defense think and you know they can screw you over that way all the pre-step motions and movements they really stress the defense out he's just looking for one little angle or issue that he can find to give his offense a run game you know the advantage there you know so between the way their defense is playing you know the run game healthy on offense Really, Garoppolo has been pretty solid over the last month. They finally have stopped messing games up. I mean, mm. they did a lot of dumb shit early in the year, you know, to where, you know, like we even that Arizona game, drop passes, yeah. fumble on the three-yard line, muffed a punt, I believe. You know, it, it's just dumb crap. So they fixed some of that up for sure. And, you know, the other thing, too, just to add to it, because, I, I listen, I, we could have showed 30 plays from this game because mm. it was an offensive showing. You know, he just has – for every play I show on here, he's got – and he's really good at sequencing plays where, okay, here's a great run I just gashed you with. He might go right back to it with just a different look, which I'm going to do right here. It's the same play twice, just a different way of doing it. Or he's got like, oh, I ran this play. Now here's the play action off of it, screen to the tight end. You were all worried about that play I just ran where I gashed you for 15 yards in the run game, and now you got the safety and the linebackers, and they're like, oh, my gosh, here it comes again. Let me get all over it. Oh, he fucked me with the screen play. That's where he's the master. He's the master. All right, first quarter, 620 left. Niners down at this point, 7 nothing. second down four. Yep, 7 nothing. Jimmy G threw a pick in the middle of the field. Harrison Smith made a great play. It's, it's outside zone. And listen, this is not like, Oh, my gosh, this is the Shanahan outside zone. This is where they're amazing. All right, but what I want to show you is just like a little bit of the nuances of why he makes it so good. First off, like I like one of the nuances that I've seen more this year than, than ever is he has the quarterback reverse out, and they run it on a toss play, not the old traditional, you know, quarterback run out here and give the guy the ball out here, right? And what that's doing and why, to me, it's just a nice little nuance is when, when second-level defenders see toss – they all think it's, oh, they're running outside. It's a toss, right? So it really creates hard flow to get there. The other thing I think I like with the toss on the outside zone, too, is it's easier for the running back to see the cutback lanes hmm. because now the quarterback's not, like, right there in his face to where he's got to, like, get the ball and clear the quarterback now to see the cutback lane. Like Does that. that make sense? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He gets the ball, and the picture's clear, yeah. so he can really read it. So I'm not, again, it's not about here just being like 
the most amazing thing in the world. But you can see everybody's trying to get a reach block here. He's trying to edge that guy. You know, he's trying to get there, there. He's there. He's there. He's trying to get the outside edge of this, you know. And what he's really reading, uh, Elijah Mitchell in this case, is he's going to look at two things. He gets the ball. He wants to see if anybody actually set the edge to stop him from running outside. And they probably tell him to key the backside weak linebacker because if he flies too far, then, yes, look for that cutback lane. All right? So as we go here, you're going to see he gets it. All right? Anthony Barr, look where he is right now. He set the edge. He's in a pretty good spot. You know, he's got the outside arm free. He's on the outside angle of the tight end there. That, that to me, does not look like you're going to be able to run the ball outside, right? You know, they probably key in the linebacker again, like I talked about. Look where he is. He's really over here far right now, right? He's starting to move this way pretty aggressively. So I'm sure he's been caught all week to kind of key these type of things. What they do tell you to do is kind of press the edge about as long as you possibly can press it. Press it. Trent Williams does a great job of getting the backside defense alignment on the ground. You know, Harrison Smith's responsible for that outside gap. But as we see here, a little bit like what we talked about with New England a little bit and the Titans, this gap right here is getting way yes, too is. big, right? Way too that big. The middle linebacker sprinted out of there so fast, That's too. what I mean. He's flying over, yeah. right? So between that guy and this – He's now attention, cut back, attention, cut back, boom. Yep. And I think that wow. the great thing is, is just how well he can read it, you know, and how well he does as far as he's still pressing the edge right here. He's still pushing people this way to where people are still flying, flying, and trying to get over there. So he gives this all the chances it needs to work on the front side before he finally just says, boom, boom. There's the cutback lane. And, again, like with these schemes, the, Shanahan's the best at, at doing it. But, like, it's like, you know, again, some guys aren't even really blocking guys. They're just like, hey, just keep pushing this guy, and we'll just try to get people on people. And he gives him a few things to read, and bam, there you go. Take it back, Chris, yeah, to sure. about a moment or two after he takes the toss sweep. So back it up. So right about there. Yeah. Okay, so – and I'm just thinking about it because it's such a good point. I hadn't heard anybody bring this up. You said on the reach, if he, if he takes the handoff, quarterback's in his face, he can't really cut back and read it. His body is set on such a path when he takes that reach no handoff to go that to way. To go this way. It's hard, first of all, to see it. Yes. Second of all, to make to readjust that your body so quickly. Right, right. So that's, uh, that is point number one to me that you've made today about how the toss sweep no is better doubt. for the running back here than the actual reach handoff. Exactly right. It, well it, done. It gives him that idea. It gives him that ability. And to your point, uh, you know, what you're saying is he gets to square his shoulders up a little bit towards yes. the line of scrimmage yeah. more instead of being so like this. He's just Now he's getting the path. ball like this, right? Yeah, it's He's getting the toss choice. this way instead of being like this out there. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's, it's, a big, it's, it's a big point in why, you know, they become really good at it and can see those cutback lanes. And, of course, he's patient with it. And he's a good down-the-hill runner, so bam, Very 15 good. yards there or so, whatever. Yeah. But that's where they're awesome. So Mitchell was getting it done, offensive line. Now you roll in the Debo Samuel The Debo effects. package. Not, I mean, he's not really getting double-digit carries, but they work it in at just the right time, like the very next play. The very next play. But, like, what you're going to see here is a totally different alignment, all right? It's a totally different alignment than what we just saw, all right? And – now, you know, again, 
it looks okay, but before we had a tight end right here, right? We had a tight end here, and I believe even there was a wide receiver way outside in the screen that we couldn't see who blocked the corner, right? Now it's like moving parts, motion, here's a fullback, here's Debo Samuel offset. You know, there's Jeff Wilson in motion, right? So you got your running back. And the first thing that I think people need to realize is they create a personnel mismatch because this is 21 personnel, right? It's two backs, one tight end. end, But wait, Debo's playing tailback. It becomes 31 personnel. Now it's really three backs, one tight end. So basically you got two pretty good blockers in Juszczyk and Wilson, plus you got Kittle, who's one of the better run-blocking tight ends, and it becomes a little bit more of a run-heavy 21 or 31 personnel, like we're saying. So that's going to cause some issues as well. Now, this this is where, like, again, it's pretty much – this, it's the same play. It's outside zone. Look, everybody's trying to reach. The defense was lined up a hair differently. But now this time, once Anthony Barr out here, remember before the tight end was lined up on him and he got on the outside and got that outside arm free to where you weren't going to run outside of him. This time, the tight end doesn't get him. He slips right inside to stop the second-level linebacker, Kendricks, right, Kittle, and he kind of takes a little step inside for a second. And what does that leave? It leaves Juszczyk to now cut him off from not setting the edge, right? So he's got that. Now Wilson's going to go in motion, and he's got leverage already on Bashad Breeland. He's going to run him up the field and eventually block him. But now this is one where, yes, Debo Samuel is allowed to look for the cutback lane too. And, man, maybe if he got the ball and did it right away, he would have been able to do it. But they don't want him to do it that early. Again, they're telling him to press the edge. See if somebody did set the edge or did we set the edge and stop it. And it's the same freaking play, different look. We're machines at blocking the run play. And he's got enough of an edge here where he trusts it. Like, see, he's seeing it right here, and he's going, wait, he's not totally on the outside. My guy's got got a pretty good firm block on him here to where I think I can get there in time to where he's not going to have an outside arm free or be able to stop me that way. And now as the play develops, he continues to press it. And, you know, did a little hesitation, which is where he's like he's very natural runner. He kind of, he kind of did a good job of, like, helping set the edge and I want to see if I can really slow this down at the right point. Watch him do a little, like, hesitation in just for a second. Like, he slowed down. Like, he might cut there. It helped Anthony, Anthony Barr get reached just a little bit more to where he could get around the edge. And he presses that. And they got bodies on bodies everywhere. All right? And he runs for a touchdown right around the edge. Touchdown, San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Same play that they've mastered. So they're coached up on it, but yeah. it gave you a lot of window dressing and some different looks to where you can't react to it quite the same way, and it right. gave them a little bit of a different advantage to get on the edge. It's a real skill for any play caller to, to have one play work. And you're thinking there as you're over there with your sheet of a million different things, and you see it work to be able to get to the call in different formation, different part of the field that, that is really attacking the exact same way to dial it up and spit it out is a real play-calling talent. No doubt about right? it. Yes, he's, he's a genius with this stuff. And they put this play back up, Pete, because I want to show one more thing here, right? Uh, yeah, just because this, this, is the, this is the last thing, and this was kind of a part of the game. But, yeah, like, you're exactly right. It's a real skill by Shanahan. He's got checks and balances for everything. So 
anything you overplay too hard, he's got to play to go, well, you're overplaying this. Now I got this. You got to slow down and take care of this too. Don't forget yeah. about this. He always has something. And like I said, you know, you'll, you'll see, oh, the fake to this, and now it looks like this, and all of a sudden Kittle's under here with the inside screen, and it was all the same action. But here's the one thing I want to say because it was a little bit of a story in the game. Okay. Zimmer called out Kittle and the 49ers for yes, holding. Yeah. Right? It became a thing. Wait, where'd the play go? I need the play. Would you stop taking it off? <laughs> Holy crap. Leave it up here. Here's Kittle and Kendricks. You know I'm a 49er fan. I root for Shanahan. Kittle got away with some egregious holdings in this game. Zimmer was right in this argument. You know, Kittle's the man, and, hey, they didn't call it. Screw it. Keep going. But watch this right here as this unfolds. Just watch. Because Kendricks is a phenomenal football player. I mean, he's, he's, he's in the combo for one of the best middle linebackers in the game. It's egregious holding. Egregious. I mean, I don't know. Is it egregious or is it egregious? I mean, is that not holding right there? You tell me. That happens all the time, though, right? I mean, I don't know. To me, that's when you got to call. He's on the outside of the ed- he's on the outside edge right here. He's got he's being pulled. Now he can't. He's doing a three sixty because he can't get away. He's still being pulled and held. And now his arms. <laughs> I know. Well, he's trying to get the referee's attention. Yeah. Uh, but look, he's yelling at the ref right there as he goes by. Uh, so they got away with that. They got away with about three in the game. That was one of them. And the other, there was one other good run that they got away with. But that's part of the Shanahan genius right I, there. I think, Pete, don't we have a – we can take a listen in oh, on, let's hear uh, it. on I'd Zimmer like to hear and it. Kittle talking about this. Right. I mean, these guys hold all the time. So they're grabbing us around the waist, grabbing our backs. And- if you're going to sit on the sideline and complain about holding the whole time, I tell you guys to make better plays. That's right. Boom. It was a good weekend for the Hawks. Minnesota beat Wisconsin. They're in the Big Ten title game. George gets away with holding. Has a good post-game press yeah, conference. Good I mean, just yeah. it all kind of snowballed. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yes, it all comes back to the Hawkeyes, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kittle's man. awesome. But, yeah, he got, away with a, he got away with a few in this game, no doubt about it. Yeah. And then they were some big plays where I can understand Zimmer being kind of pissed about it. Okay, so back to the game? Yeah, back to the game. Let's right, do it. D- Debo in the run game. You can't forget about Debo in the pass game. Uh, the short passing game over the middle, if we're talking about the Niners. No doubt. Attacking downfield. Or, no or, doubt. The way they attack downfield. This was big, too. Third quarter late, 31-26. Yeah. So, again, it, it's the same run play that we've just showed. That's where I just want to get into the – this is just the checks and balances thing where, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's outside zone. It's all the same reach block, reach block, reach block, reach block. They're all trying to do the same thing that we've just coached up here. But – they're getting to a point where they're really kicking people over here. I mean, look, they got eight people at the line of scrimmage. You know, the, the backside of the eight is on even with the backside tackle. So you really got one, two, three, four, five. You know, you got, you got six guys who are at like the right guard and over to stop anything going this way. So this is one of the things they do, again, to not let you overplay their stuff. Checks and balances always. And on this play, you know, I don't think they call it this way all the time, but I'm sure Shanahan started to see, wait, they're overplaying our stuff, and he gives Jimmy the option to, like, X-dart, X-slant, whatever it is, to throw the ball to him if he feels like the backside guy is being too aggressive. And you got to watch Jimmy G here. As he goes through the run fake, it becomes a little bit of like a read option. It's an RPO, right? His eyes are going to go right to this guy. 
and he's just looking. He's going to give the ball if the guy kind of stays here and hangs, but if he sees him start to go, he's going to pull the trigger and hit Debo Samuel over the middle like they do. Hey, they were pretty good at stopping a lot of their over-the-middle stuff. Yeah, Zimmer, was a, Zimmer was aware of it, and that's how they got the interception and all of that. So here we go. So, so you, know, you can see here, as you go back, you can see, watch Jimmy as he gets the ball. Look at his eyes. You could tell he's looking at the backside guy. Got but it. look at 48, right? 48, backside linebacker. Just watch him here. Boom. He's way, they're way too aggressive. They're leaving a window. He knows he can't block all those people front side. Shanahan's too smart. He's just, we're not going to be able to block everybody over here. They got a guy on the edge. They got a million guys in here. Like, we're not going to get it done. It's not fair to ask my running back or my offensive line to stop this. Well, 48 went too far. You could see there's a huge passing lane right here. And boom, over the middle. And this is where it gets scary because, you know, yeah, again, Harrison Smith is awesome. But how many times have we seen him catch that ball, break a tackle, and then it's right. off to the races? Yeah. That's where he's special. That's where Shanahan's special. There's always a checks and balances, let alone maybe a creative playoff of what he does that you just never feel comfortable as a de defense uh, with him. When he's in a groove like this with his run game, watch out. And Garoppolo playing somewhere between just well enough and really well. Right. I, I, I liked his response in this game. Started yeah. out three for eight. Uh -huh. Bad pick. Had uh -huh. the, the bad interaction with Kyle. I think he was 14 of his last <laughs> 18. Uh, of course, they're throwing it over the middle like that. Yeah. But, I mean, good decisions. Uh, good accuracy Agreed. most of the time. Agreed. He, you know, made some throws under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing He's playing good football. Later. Yeah. He really and has. If, you, if, you're, if you're saying it's a team that could be playing for the Super Bowl, yeah. you must be believing in what you're seeing from Jimmy G recently. Exactly right. Well, I think he's one of those guys, again, that just falls into the category you brought up in the last conversation. Right. right? right. 12 through 24. He's got Somewhere the right. in there. If he's got the right help. He's and the been closer to 12 him, than 24 here recently. That's exactly right. Yeah. He's been closer to that. Exactly. And, yeah, he's seeing the field well. The ball's coming out of his hand pretty clean. And the one thing I'll say about him, he's got a quick release, and he's a tough SOB. Yeah, he is. He's not afraid to stand in there and make the throw and take the shot. Of course, that's what led him to get injured a few times. But, you know, there, there, there is that aspect about him that I really admire and, man, he's been under a lot of adversity, so let's give him some love for some positive stuff he's certainly doing right now. So to, uh, to kind of tag this one, you have the Niners right now in the NFC about four, you said? I think about four. four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I know one team ahead of them is the Packers. Yes. Uh, the Rams, probably not right now. Not right now, not with the way they're playing. No. But at Lambeau over the weekend, Green Bay and L.A., uh, the Packers win 36-28 in a game that felt like they were in control more than that uh, for a lot of the time. Let's focus on, on the Rams here and some of the, the issues they're having. Yep. Uh, let's set it up this way. The, the first eight games versus the last three, I think I made the comment when, you're, when your pop was on about didn't look like they were breaking a sweat yeah. a lot of the time there right. to start out the season. Right. But the last three games here have been a major struggle here uh, for the Rams here, especially, I think, offensively. And I, I do believe, guys – we don't have the graphic. Okay. Okay. The first eight games were good. The yeah. last three games that they've lost yeah. have been a real struggle. They have. I mean, he's off. You know, they've let games get out of hand a little bit because of their own mistakes. You know, this game, again, strip sack, fumble to start it. All right. Touchdown Green Bay. Go for it on fourth and one on your own 40-yard line. Field goal Green Bay. So you haven't warmed up and you're down 10 nothing. Mm -hmm. Right there. Bam. They've done that for three weeks in a row. It's hard to win football games that way. You know, the, the Monday night game in San Francisco, I mean, they were fucking shit up left and right. Yeah. Dropping screens, pick six, 
You know, throw a ball up to OBJ on a third, on a second down. You know, he stops and breaks out. Stafford just throws it up. You know, they're they're doing things to hurt themselves. Let alone, you know, they're not running the ball as well or as consistent as we've seen in the past from McVay and company. I think they're becoming a little too drop back pass game happy. Mm. You know, I'd like to see them tie some things together a little bit more. Man, in the NFL right now, it's hard to just drop back and pass yeah. on every play. There's a lot of good DBs and linebackers and pass rushers that make that hard. Uh, so they're hitting some struggles, no doubt about it. Rams defense, uh, I think, has been as, as much of an issue as the offense. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the Rams defense has gotten better. It, you know, I, I would bet the stats would show probably the first seven games they weren't as good. The last four have been better, but it hasn't translated to wins again because the offense has really put them in some tough spots. But right. also what I would like to say is they got too much talent to not be a little bit more dominant. I think that's what bothers me. And, you know, hey, the X's and O's, I'm going to show you I want more from that, but I want some more from the Jimmys and the Joes too. They got to yeah. make some plays every now and then. You know, they got, somebody's got to get a strip sack fumble, get a pick six, interception. Seeing none of that right now, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a Hollywood feature here right now, and it's a box office bust ever since they, they made some of these moves. And this isn't breaking news at all, but I thought it was on display, at, you know, at Lambeau over the weekend as much as it has been recently. Aaron Rodgers, I thought, was, I thought he was terrific, uh, yeah. outstanding. He yeah. really owned third down. At one point, he was six out of nine, converting third down for like well over 100 yards. They converted a few fourth downs. Yes, he this, did. Right. When for, the one fourth down, the first one was, was fantastic. Right. So 9.55 left in the first. Let's pick this up, third down and two on the Green Bay 25. Yeah. You know, listen, they're not an incredibly deep defense. They're not big up front. That's one of their, their issues. They're built to stop the pass. They're built to offense gets a lead. Now you have to throw a little bit more. And we can fly around and play pass defense and rush the passer and do that. That's what they want to play. They don't have big, like, tush hogs like my dad was talking about. They don't have those guys. That's not what they are, right? So between that and I'd like to see them have Jalen Ramsey match up versus the top receiver more and let the rest of the defense do other stuff to help them out because teams are finding ways to avoid Ramsey when they do match him up. And they're a little too simple with their approach. I think that's what bothers me, you know, a little bit in this conversation as well. Okay. And, yeah, this is a, you know, third and two on their own. What are they on? The 25 25. here, right? And, like, right off the bat, I just want to go, well, like, listen, I didn't even have to see this play. I knew they were going to get the first down as soon as I saw the Rams line up. Because? Because Devontae Adams is on Troy Reader. And it's a zone defense, but they're going to break it down to where it's going to be a one match. Yeah, linebacker Troy Reader, you know, and I know it's a zone, but they're going to this is Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. They're going to run a play to where they get him manned up in that zone, right? Here's Jalen Ramsey at the top of the screen. Good thing we got him covering that all pro tight end Green Bay has. <laughs> oh, right. That's right. They don't have one. So that, that, that bothers me. This is I, I don't want to see this. I want to see him on him, and then you do crazy how shit is, with the rest of these guys, how okay? How is he not somewhere over there? I don't know. And they started to do it more as the game went on, and they have been doing more of it the last few weeks. So I don't want to totally crap on it, all right? And they, they did stop rushing five so much all the time. Now, third and two, though, you know this is my pet peeve. Third and two, we're going to rush five. What, why? They have to get a three-yard pass to get the first down. You're taking one guy away to stop some short bullshit fucking route in here. So stop doing that. 
And as the game went on, they stopped doing that too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a five-man rush. He's going to carve it up With all his day best long. Receiver on a linebacker. On a linebacker. Yeah. So this is again. I'm just trying to show. This is just a play that's a little bit of a synopsis of them right now. All right. But here you go. This is as simple as it gets. It doesn't. They don't need to do anything. It's go. It's stick route out. Stick route out. Right. But they don't need to do anything else. They know they got the matchup they want. This guy's going to have to press out here. Adams does a good job of just kind of pushing him inside, and then he's going to break out, and it basically, I mean, becomes easy. Like, what? Handoff. What? Handoff, yeah. right. You might as well let Aaron Rodgers just say, hold on, guys, stop. Let run me run over here and here. just yeah. give him the ball. Yeah. You're exactly right. Handoff. So, boom. Oh, great. Third and two, that became a 17-yard gain, too. Right. Thanks you. Thank you. So, like, that to me is just not acceptable with – I, I'm a, I respect Raheem Morris and think he's awesome, and they've got too much talent on defense to, to let that happen. Okay, so they, they did a lot of the underneath stuff. Aaron had yeah. good decisions, yep. knew where to go with it, of course. Uh, he also hit Devontae Adams deep uh, at least once. Yeah, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, they had two big throws. That yes. was really the big throws of the game. I think we have one coming up here. Second quarter, under six minutes left, another third down and two. Yep. And I believe this is the time that they go deep down the left well, side. And I don't really know what – I mean, I know what happened, but I don't know what happened. See, and I wish we could have showed all this, and I should have told Pete this is my fault. The tight end over here, to see this tight end right here, yep. he started over here. And Taylor Rapp, who was right here, okay, so he was matched up with this tight end over here, all right? The tight end goes all the way out, and Taylor Rapp then comes over and bumps everybody, you know, he tells this guy, I don't know why Ram- Ramsey was on Adams at the start of this play. But for some reason, the call or the adjustment, they decided now to, you play Randall Cobb, Dion, Dayon, I, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name quite correctly, and Jalen Ramsey ends up on the tight end. It's third and two again. Third and two. I don't know. They, they are winning the formation game. There I didn't like the adjustment. Time. And yeah. I don't know if they messed up the adjustment or if this was a coached adjustment. But I know. I wish I would have had the motion there. But, as again, originally it was this guy on Cobb and Ramsey was on Devontae Adams. For some reason, when the tight end came in cross in motion, this guy told that they all bumped out for a reason, for some reason. So now it went to, wait, I'll take the inside guy. You take Adams, and you take the tight end. What a waste of a $20 million they, corner. They, they should not you. be able to. It's best-case scenario for Green Bay that by switching and changing formations and motions, they can tell Jalen Ramsey where to line up. But if you're the Rams, you should not allow that, that to happen. That should not allow that to happen. Exactly right. No, that's where I, you know, I got mad a minute ago. I just want to go, let him play him, and you figure out crazy shit to do with the rest of these guys. That's, that's what we got to start doing with the Rams. All right? You know, I, I want to see Jalen Ramsey get in the face. He's the best when he's a jam, man-to-man corner. He's great at jamming receivers in the line of scrimmage. He did it a few times in this game, and I went, the play's over. That guy's not open. He jammed him with the line of scrimmage. It's over. Let him start doing it. Yeah, he'll get burned once in a while. So what? Make people start to earn it. This is not making earn anything. They, like, yes, must have been aware of this to now where he is – over here, going to guard a tight end on a hitch route, and Devontae Adams going to run a go route down the sidelines against a guy that's not in his class to be covering him. You know, and you could see, like, he starts to realize it, 
uh, I mean, Jalen Ramsey starts to realize it as he goes down the field, right? But, yeah, I don't understand that man-to-man adjustment. I don't. You know, to me, it should be like Taylor Rapp should be out here on them or Dayon should be out here. Were we we matching them up because of size purposes? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey is the big corner, so we'll have him cover the big tight end. I don't understand that. But it's man-to-man coverage, and here we go. Boom, down the field. I mean, you can see the linebackers taking the back out of the backfield. They got man here. I mean, man here. They got a guy looking for crossers or anything over the middle. They got a little robber, rat coverage, right? And boom, you know what's going to go on. It's Green Bay. They're going to try to throw it to Devontae Adams on every third down in the history of football. Right. It's not going to change. I mean, he's got 21 day on beat by six yards by the time the ball gets there. I mean, that, that is just, to me, not smart, unacceptable. No, it, Annoys the crap out of me, as you could tell. Yeah. Oops, sorry. They but, won the chess game there by, I mean, just getting the matchup they want by formation and motion. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's smart. He's going like, wait, I, I think they're just trying to, you know, get me out of the way. And they he, did. And they did. And he's, and he's looking at Rodgers. Look, as it happens right here, and once he realizes, wait, Rodgers doesn't look like he's throwing to my guy. Let me try to help. And he tries to get back, but he's like, oh, well, it's too late. He can't. Please stop Raheem Morris and the Rams. You're too good. Let's not let that happen. All right, late second quarter now. Let's get Randall Cobb involved. Second down six. I, I love your notes here. You can, you can be simple, you can be stupid, but you can't be both Can't be both. Time. Can't be both. If you're going to be simple, you better be on your crap, all right? You better be on your crap. You know, I mean, there's no point in being simple. We're going to mess it up. Right. There's just no, but then, then be creative and mess it up. Maybe you'll at least make the quarterback and offense think a little bit. All right. Now, you've, you've heard me talk about this. It's a bunch formation, right? Bunch formation. They're Rams. I like this. Ramsey's on him. All right. Canceled out. We don't have to worry about that. That's I'm great. Look, it's all him inside leverage. He ain't going to let you run a slant or anything inside breaking. You're gonna, if you want to throw to him, you're going to have to throw a fade to one of the better hands corners in all of football who can pick it. Rodgers ain't stupid. He's like, well, I got better options than that. And then what they're doing on the other side is they're playing zone. And I love this. And this is what shows me they're capable of it and everything. Guy here is going to drop out. Here, okay. Let me make sure I got this right. So, yep. Yeah. All right, hold on. Here. I'm going to start it over. They're going to box the bunch, as we've talked about. There we go. Right? Okay, box the bunch. It's going to be inside corner, outside corner, down here, in here. So those four guys are going to handle these three guys. He is supposed to help. He's got him man-to-man, but, like, he's got – he's going to stop him and play outside leverage in case he runs the option out. Okay, he's not expecting to have to help inside. That's where Troy Reader is supposed to be helping inside. And watch how the play unfolds. Troy Reader follows Rogers' eyes over here, which he has no business being over there. None at all. I mean, none. So you see the box of the bunch, right? Short guy, little guy here, a little inside corner of the box, outside box. This safety's out here for anybody who runs a post or whatever. You have no business here. None. Your job is to be over here to bracket Randall Cobb coming out of the backfield who wants to run this or run this, right? They've called the right defense here. They've called it. Rap is going to jump outside and take away the outside option for Cobb. And as you see, 
Boom. He doesn't get there. And you're going to see, watch Taylor Rapp. He's going to look at Troy Reader going, well, where the hell are you? <laughs> and I wish we could show it more. Because he's, he's, he's looking at him, he's going, well, what the hell? That was your guy. Why, we already had four on three on the other side. Why, why were you worried about the other side? What was, it was not your job. We didn't need five on three. So, you know, that's what stinks there. They, they, they blow it. And, and that's frustrating. And that's little things like that that are not making them a great defense or quite living up to their potential. Other side of the ball, yeah. as much as I like watching yeah. Aaron Rodgers do his thing. Packers uh, he's the man. Defense. Rodgers, like we talked before the show, is the MVP of football right now. We each had it written out. I watched this game this morning. Yeah. I wrote down at some point in the notes, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has to be the MVP. MVP. I mean, to me, there's nobody that does more for their team right now. And it showed, too, again, like they're not even they're not even the same team if he's not playing. Oh, my gosh. I and mean, they lost to Kansas City in once. a game. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you saw it. To me, it almost boosted his ability to be in the MVP conversation. You see, like – he is truly the essence of an MVP. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, there are so many of these teams and also the individuals, the other great quarterbacks around the league, have had a game or two or three where it's like, okay, they slipped. It happens. Outside of game one, none. Rodgers has just been living in this place up here. No doubt. Even when he's being a little more conservative, he's still making the right decisions. No doubt. Throwing it accurately. I mean, it's, just, it's been, uh, it's been yeah, a lot of fun to watch. It is, it is. Other side of the football, yeah. though, their defense, I mean, I think we both thought the defense would be better this year. It's been a whole lot better. A whole lot better. I mean, Joe Barry is going to get himself into the, the head coaching conversation. He's phenomenal at breaking teams down. You know, you can see that as the game. It goes back into our old adage that you and I have talked about before. It's just when a team wants to throw the ball over there, he always seems to have a whole bunch of people dropped in that area. Yeah. He's really good. You know, we'll do some game plan specific things to take away things he thinks you're going to do. This is actually going to be a negative for Joe Barry and the Green Bay defense. But I think it's a positive. This play? This play. This is going to be the bomb to Van Jefferson for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, okay. I mean, you know, again, great defenses. You try to take things away and stop teams in certain situations. Third down and eight. Third down and eight. I'm sure the numbers, of course, it's Cooper Cup time. Who gets the ball more on third down than Cooper Cup? So they're not going to let that happen. And then the numbers probably behind that were like, the backside guy gets it the second most, and it's Odell Beckham Jr. So let's make somebody else beat us, all right? And what you're going to see here, and I want to make sure I get it right, I think I will, is you're going to have him run, OBJ run the in-cut. He's going to be doubled by both these guys, right? They're not going to let it happen. And I'm sure in the breakdown, they have a certain breakdown that shows the Rams run in-cuts from this split. He reads something front side and then comes back to this guy. All right, and then you're going to have Cooper Cup go back, and this guy's going to take away the inside, and this guy's going to take away the outside. So the two best receivers on the Rams on third and eight are going to be double teamed. Hmm. Again, I know this doesn't end up being a positive play, but I like the call. Like, rather than just being like, oh, simple, we'll do this. Like, again, they're taking a chance. It was a calculated risk, and the Rams have million-dollar players too. I mean, they're going to make some plays every now and then. It's life in the NFL. But there you go. You see, that's Troy, Troy Aikman right in that last yellow there. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we go. Play goes. Look, here we go. Look, he's coming down on the in cut. He's got this. He's bracketing cup on the outside. He's got the inside. They left, they left um, Sto- uh, Stokes one-on-one with the outside. You got a backer on there. It's a four-man rush. They took a chance and left. I, be- I can't remember who that was actually even covering him right now. All right, one-on-one. 
hey, Stafford's good. He made the right read and saw it and made the big throw. Okay? And I want to say, what is it, 39? What the hell? Who is that? Sullivan? It's driving me crazy. All right? Shannon Sullivan. It is, right. So there we go. But, like, I got no problem with that. You know, again, I just I think it kind of shows, like, the creativity and the smarts of Joe Barry. All right, they lost this play. So what? But it shows you how they're being coached and kind of cool right now. And hey, we're giving the Rams a little love on this side of the ball, too, because it shows you they are explosive. Right. They answered them blow for blow for a little while. They just put themselves in a hole. And then, he, then they dropped a punt later in the game. And he threw a pick six. And they put themselves back in another hole. And that was the game. Um, but Green Bay's defense, like, not super talented, really well coached, got a lot of good players. They know what they're doing, and they're outside-the-box defensive coordinator who can think and, and take things away. You mentioned as we were kind of getting ready to watch the defense here that it feels like a lot of times they know what's coming. Yes, And right. I think this next play is an example. It's going to be a Stafford incompletion, but it's 27-17, halfway through the third quarter, and it looks like Green Bay knows what they're going to do. They, they, they 100% know what they're going to do. You know, again, this is kind of a West Coast staple, this play in general, all right? And I'm just going to watch it once just to make sure I reassure myself and get it here. All right, so here we go. It, this is a West Coast staple. It's 382 wide stick looky. All right, that's the play. Go route, really not even in the play. Go route, really not in the play. Stick route, he's going to run stick nod and try to, you know, they're going to try to double movie if he gets the right look to where he gets that and gets it up the seam. And then the looky route where Cooper Cup has a two-way go. He can... He really is a three-way go. He can push the guy in and then come out, or he can just go in, or he can even sit if it's the right coverage. Green Bay knows the play's coming. Well, I mean, watch their attention and what they do to Cooper Cup here, right here. Look at it. Guy inside. He's ready for the outbreaking route in case he goes this way. He's going to break on it. He's not going to let them get that easy completion, right? The guy back here, he played off coverage because he probably knew it was going to be a go route. You know, again, look, he's here, he's here, he's over that. They got a safety over here for the guy coming up the seam. I mean, they had a good feel of what to expect here. And he wants to, Stafford, go to the looky because he's been taught with this type of coverage and everything. This is who I go to. McVay taught me to go it when they play this type of two-deep coverage. I'm supposed to have this route. In fact, I'm not so, I'm, we're not supposed to ever be wrong because he's going to make me right no matter what. And as you see, he's not going to be right. There's a guy inside, and you see Adrian Amos out here. He was ready for the outbreaking part of that route, and they weren't going to, again, another big pass play in an obvious passing situation when they were like, we're, we're, unlike what, you're, what you didn't do to us and Devontae Adams on third downs, right. we're not going to go down letting you just throw to your favorite guy all game long. Right. And, and one that's of the reasons, what good teams do. One of the reasons they can do that where they win in the back end, they only rush four. They only so rush four. They Thank get you. five out, and they have seven to guard the five. hundred percent. And they have one who's just in the middle. You can't see him here, but he's playing center field. Exactly right. Exactly so you right. basically have then uh, – so you've got seven on five. You can remove the one, say he's center fielder. Then you have six on five. Right. Which, which also works pretty well. No doubt about it. It works, it works great. And, like, you know – they had this guy kind of doubled, too. He was eyeing him down. They got a couple so, guys Right, doubled. I mean, so yeah. he was on the inside. If he did turn up, he was ready for it. And now you got these two guys on that guy. And, again, that's why Joe Barry and Green Bay are one of the top defenses in football right now. So that was second down. 
Yeah, Very next play. I, I got to set up. Play. Very Let's next play. Let's watch third and ten. And I, and, uh, I got to, I got again. I got to watch this just to make sure I got all my crap right here. I mean, this is unbelievable here. All right, they are literally waiting for people here. All right, the only thing Stafford might have had on this play, and I wish I would have got to see a little bit more of this. this. Is a tough angle. He maybe could have just thrown the out route. Everything else is like perfection as far as how they cover everything downfield, all right? I mean, first off, you could see right here, they got three on two. He's ready for anything breaking out. doesn't matter who it is, if it's that guy, whatever. He's ready for anything inside. And then another guy here just to help as a body presence. So they got that, let alone there's another guy back here. So they got it all locked down. And just watch how, again, I mean, look, Look at Higby. He thinks he's going to be running free. This guy goes, wait, stop. That's not my job anymore. He's going to stop and get him. Oh, wait, here comes Henderson. Oh, wait, this is my area. Like, they know how to pass people off in a zone. Is, it, is this kind of like a matchup zone? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a matchup zone. Exactly right. But they're not going to leave their zone. Right. Once you leave my zone, I'm not responsible for you anymore. And they're all over it. And I wish we could sh- see, a, see a little bit better angle, but – like, these two receivers who he's looking at over here, I mean, there's nothing. That's who he's originally looking for, but it's basically like four on two. He knows he's got nothing there that he can go to. and It's the same look in the sense that they rush four, they get five out, and it's R7 against year five. Ex- yes. And, of course, you know, if, if I'm on the Green Bay side, we'll take that. A hundred percent. A smart matchup zone, and we have two more guys than you have out. A hundred percent. That's 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 exactly it, right? So I wish I wish I had a, 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 a I kept track all year at this point of all the the, the best defensive plays we've seen. Uh-huh. How often it's some version of a four man rush with a zone in in the in the back. I would I would think every, it's they're all going to be that. It. It's of course it is it is, and that's what the good defenses are doing right now. Like we've talked about, they find ways to same make it look like a blitz, but it's still four guys because two guys drop out. And that's where Green Bay is absolutely killing it right now. And uh, they're really well coached. They've got a good D-line. It's not great. Rashawn Gary's kicking butt, as I talk about every week. He is. You know, and their secondary's got some talent. And if they get Jair Alexander back, watch out, because they'll be more of a pain in the ass. I think we also have a pick six for the exclamation point. Oh, yeah, here. a little pick six here. A you know, third down and seven, late third quarter. Yeah, and, you know, like, this is Stafford being off. And I don't know if he's necessarily making the right read here either. It's a little bit of everything. Pocket's good. I would think, again, this is where I think it's a little off. Like, with that body language, he's coming out to here. I don't know. Maybe could have thrown the ball out there. It doesn't look as clean right here from this look. If you saw the sideline angle, right, it might be there. You know, either way, what I also don't like is just the way the coverage is, you know, Okay, if you don't love this, look at OBJ coming back in. You got a guy yeah. right here in front of your face, wide open, not covered, right? And to make this throw around a guy, semi-sidearm, this guy's kind of driving on it. Cooper Cup kind of screws him over and doesn't cross his face. He kind of slows down as the ball go- comes, right? So it's a little on everybody. And, yeah, I don't think, you know, it, this, this really shows it. Like, you know, to me, I think he was open just watching on coach's film. But if not, don't worry. And don't make Cooper Cup always your little favorite guy to go to. You know, go here. This would have got the first down. That would have. It would have right. easily got it. Either way, any, either way, it's pick six, 
Rasul Douglas does a great job of driving it, and that was it. The game was over. That was it. No more. A lot of bad news for the Rams here in the recent rearview mirror. Yeah. Coming up, though, Jaguars. Yeah. Get well game? I would think so. Yes. Jaguars, good, pretty, like, good at stopping the run, not the greatest pass defense. I would think they can have their way there. Their offense is struggling. The Jaguars can run the ball a little bit. That might be able to give them some issues. But if you can get them in third and six or more, yeah. you know, Trevor Lawrence still being young, you know, their offensive line not being the best of pass pro in that, I would think they're going to be able to make some plays this week and maybe get some mojo going. Our friends at PointsBet are saying, what about this game, Pete? Oh, there it is. Ooh, 12 and a half, that's a big number. Yeah, that is a big number. You like them that much? Yeah, mm, I probably do. You okay. know, it's it's in L.A., right? It's in L.A. Pete? 12 and a half, yes, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I, I think I would I would probably take the Rams at, at 12 and a half. I would, you know, again, you know, it, it doesn't take quick to snowball in the NFL. Right. You're up by seven, you're up by ten. Trevor Lawrence throws a pick because they're down. Oh, shit, we're down 17 now. And they need it. Like, they, they need it. They need win, it. Right? I would think they're going to be pissed off and hungry this week. No doubt about it. Over under 47. Mm, 47. Mm. I'm, never any, I'm, I'm not any good at these. You? No, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I'm, not, I'm nothing special. Mm, I would say I would probably take the under. Okay. Because I, could, I, would, I think it's going to be like 30 to 13. I say, you, could, you could see 31 to 10. Yeah, exactly what I mean. 31, 14. 47, I don't know. That, that to me would entail that. You know, Jacksonville's scoring some points here, too, and I don't know if I see that happening. All right. All right. We There's did a show. There's a show. That's, That's a show. show. That's a lot of football. That is a lot of football. That's a lot of football. Holy shit. Are you going to go home I and think talk we had football? two hours. No. I'm going to tell my wife to be quiet and don't talk to me. <laughs> all right. I'm done. No, that's it. See ya. Um, I'm going to try the same thing in my house. All right, try it. it see how it goes. Yeah. Let's see. We'll probably both be in trouble later tonight. Christmas tree purchase at our house tonight. Oh, good yeah. job. Way to go. That's good. awesome. Yeah, we got some Christmas decorations up already. It's nice, so, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's great. I love this time of the year. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. You know, again, love the interaction whenever you want. Hopefully you enjoyed everything we broke down today. Paulie, you the nice man. Nice job, man. You are the well man. Done. Appreciate Under Armour and the sponsorship. Sponsorship tomorrow, PFTPM collaboration podcast with Florio, our picks podcast. All right. We're kind of doing good in our best bets lately. So Are you? Yeah, we Turn are. Turn it around. Last time I said that, I screwed myself over and <laughs> lost every game from that point on. Text yourself. We're kind of got it going. So yeah. peace out. Have Everybody have a good week. Check us out on Thursday with Florio. Paulie, you the man. See ya. See you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.